are listening to the Chomp Cast, the official podcast of Sword Chomp and SwordChomp.com. Thanks for taking time out of your crazy life to make time for ours. And remember, if you dig what we do, you can go to patreon.com slash swordchomp. Look for our special VIP tier, which I will talk more about later on if you're interested. We got an insane, insane show today. Very robust, if you will. Hot, hot show, fiery show. That's right. Make sure you equip that 30% fire-resistant gauntlet because this one's going to be a real heater. It's me winking right there. Um, I got to break down. <laughs> God damn it. Keep a straight face. Keep a straight face. Um, I was heated this week in regards to the reaction to the Game of Thrones finale. And we have a poll, a lot of people talking about that. So I'm fired up to discuss that with my closest friends. Um, speaking of heating it up, what about those games that get pushed to the back burner? You know, the old backlog, so to speak. Well, the topic of the week, with help from you, the at Swordchomp Instagram community, is how do we approach our gaming backlogs? Um, we'll have a quick rundown of some of the hot games we've been streaming. Those hot streams. Josh has been balls deep in uh, swarms of rats. That's right. A Shiga Genesis is in action with more Shining Force. Um, we have some quick hitters for observation. Let's say some first impressions, if you will. Uh, and Final Fantasy VIII characters in Red Dead Online. What in the fuck could that be about? And we have all the fun polls we run on the Sword Chomp Instagram to run through as well. I mean, it's, there's just so much fun stuff to talk about today. So let's get right to some intros. I'm contractually obligated to introduce this man first um, whenever he's, uh, you know, been absent every other week. So Shay Layton, the professor, Professor Layton, joins us from Japan. Uh, pulled his nose out of those uh, those textbooks to join us for a bit. How you doing, Shay? Doing well, man. I'm I'm glad I'm back and. Taking a break from studying. It's uh, been very grueling just doing math, math, and math on my free time. So it's teaching kids math. Teaching kids math. It's Ooh, pretty much been my life the past few weeks. So it's nice to take a break and get some gaming talk in. It feels like I haven't seen you guys in months in a weird way. But yeah, I'm really excited to talk a lot of gaming stuff. I feel like we have so much to catch up on uh gaming wise so i'm really excited to get to it we do yeah yeah my brother it's glad to have you back when we can get you and live on the podcast i am delivering a surprise to the one and only shay layton this is a gift from me and one of our patrons uh corin space uh here you go shay it's going right to our private whatsapp chat so you can tell everyone what it is are you ready for this i'm ready what is it just for you. Oh, Shane. nice. Uh, Neo 2, you have been chosen. Be one of the first in the world to play Neo 2 closed alpha demo in our limited time alpha demo. A new samurai, three intense missions, and a revamped combat system await. This closed alpha demo is live from May 24th until June 2nd. So, Redeem your code in the PlayStation Store now. <laughs> then make sure to share your thoughts in our short survey. The code is... Just kidding. That's for me. Thank you. <laughs> no problem. Seriously, Actually, thank I, you. I, I, I got it. that code, so I'm redeeming it right now. <laughs> Fish is sneaking Thanks, in. Thanks, Corn Space. Did you play the first one, Fish? <laughs> I, 
Yeah, I played the first one. I think I got up to the first boss, though. So, yeah. Does that count as playing the no. first one? Oh, fishy, fishy, no, it doesn't. <laughs> Forever starting a game and never finishing it. Mm. That was one of them. That was he's one of the many, many ones. Mm-hmm. He's like, he's like the guy who <laughs> took a girl out to dinner once and said they dated. It was an intense relationship. Um, it's okay, Fish. It's all, it's all a matter of perspective. Right? Uh, no, I, you see, I did that, Shay. It was a gift to me, but I realized that you would like it more, so I gave it to you so that I stole the joy of giving the gift to you. See how I did that? I did, and I appreciate it. So thank you for re-gifting. <laughs> and thank you, Core and Space, for, in a way, giving me a gift. I appreciate it. <laughs> Uh, that's fun. So, yeah, I figured you'd probably appreciate that more than we would. So, uh, yeah, so, yeah, I'm I'm excited. I've been I was looking at the list of games that are coming out, and I was like, oh shit, I forgot about Neo Two. I forgot that was announced. And so I actually was like, man, I'm I want I want to go back and play the first one, and I'm really excited for the second one. So that just you know makes it even more exciting. I forget about Neo sometimes too. I mean, the Matrix movies were such a long time ago, and like. What his character meant to that story, and um... <laughs> no one's. <laughs> Come, on, going. Come on, Josh! Come on, Josh! The Neo Two is going to be Morpheus. <laughs> Come on, Josh! You're a Matrix fan here. You're going to leave me out hanging. Still, I can't see Josh right now, but I I imagine he's. I can only see Fish again. My webcam's fucked up. No, I, I, is... I think your your assumption. It was okay. probably pretty close. All right. Uh, to the face I'm making there. I am leaving it hanging. Thanks for being here again, Shay, of course, and enjoy that. Um, up next, of course, well, you just heard him. Uh, that was Joshua Fowler joining us from Michigan. Left me hanging, uh, which is very sad, but... Um, <laughs> I mean, there could be worse things in life, really, <laughs> than leaving me hanging. Uh, but yeah, Josh, you got some fun stuff to talk about today because you... Jumped on, um, I, I put the rats, balls deep in the rats joke because I actually forgot the name of the game. I just know it has something to do with plagues. <laughs> <laughs> no, plague no, that's, uh, that is entirely their fault that you can't remember a plague tale. Innocence? That's it? I think that's You don't remember it either. Okay, I feel better. Yeah, no, <sighs> okay. it's, it's why, why did they do that to themselves? I feel like that's such an yeah, easy I'd... name to remember, though. Because it's a, it's kind of a play. Why on did they words. have a colon there? Like, why, why is there a subheading for this game? Oh well, yeah, that that part, yeah, yeah. I just remember a plague tale, and I yeah. think that's easy, easy to remember because rats have long tails and mm. tail, tail, mm. tail. A- Apti for tail, sure. Tail, tail, tail. Yeah, plague tale. Apti. If you're nasty, plague's tail innocence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just the last bit plague something but it looks interested to hear you talk a little bit about that lots of streaming this week um josh you'll appreciate this because we are also joined by the filipino johnny depp uh, aka fish if you're nasty and fish did give me a wonderful picture of him with that um gender bender filter from snapchat so if you want to see what fish looks like as a beautiful woman you should sign up for our patreon account that's patreon.com slash sword chomp that vip tier boom People are loving that picture, Fish. Sexy woman. Sexy woman. Oh, really? I haven't checked on the comments on there. I doubt there's any comments on there. You're just building me up to go check and just look at the picture. Wolfen said of me as he a doesn't girl. know how to feel about it. Hmm. That's always 
what you want. Confusion? Mm. <laughs> yeah. Confusion. Some of my yeah. best friend's moms have also had mustaches. So. <laughs> I tried so hard to get rid Wait of that mustache. Wait a minute. Are you saying my mom has a mustache? <laughs> I should make it really confusing, Fish. I'm going to go into Snapchat and like edit the mustache away with just skin and then see if it really confuses me. Like, what is it? If you pleasure yourself to a picture of yourself as an attractive woman, what does that mean? I think that's still masturbation. Some hmm. sort of form of masturbation. You'll have to You're read the mythological story soul. of Narcissus to find out the answer. <laughs> oh, yep. come on. You're just exploring your Luckily, the iPhone is slightly less of a drowning hazard. <laughs> I get it. Do you get it, Fish? That's a no. That's a hard no. It's <laughs> <laughs> a hard yes. Oh, a hard yes is always what I like with Don't fish worry, Josh, Josh, I got it. Don't worry. <laughs> I've, actually, I've actually, I've read a book. Mm. Don't worry. Hey, hey. I read five books by one George R. R. Martin. Uh, but yeah, Were they Josh, all the, like the little booklets that come inside of the Linkin Park CDs? Because that doesn't count. <laughs> Damn it! Oh, okay, maybe I haven't read a book. I take it back. Um, uh, let me read this. Crawling in my skin. These words. It's wounds. Wounds! Come on, man! These wounds, they will not heal. Well, yeah, that just shows you I didn't read the little booklet. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I was gonna say, John, well, you guys would all appreciate this, uh, but me and Fish, we made these, um, characters in Red Dead Redemption that look like Squall and Seifer, so I'm gonna get them up tomorrow on the Instagram, because they are real ugly looking, let me tell you what, um, yeah, that's, that's the only setting, is ugly, in, uh, in that character creator, yeah, yeah, pretty much, yeah, <laughs> it's difficult. I thought for sure I was making yeah, the I think... exquisite squall, but then once he was, once he came into the light of the <laughs> yeah, world, it was yeah, just once like, you get into oh. full lighting instead of whatever you know, single light bulb they give you to work with in the character creation. Yes, yeah, that's what threw me off. Yeah, they mm-hmm. um. Funny thing is, I've seen people online with like really beautiful like women characters and stuff. And I'm like, man, it must be easier to make an attractive woman character because you can. Uh, it's real hard to make a man that doesn't look real rough, but you got to go into all the like really deep settings and uh it's still rough but but the idea is that they are warped through the prism of that to find like for example fish's squall this is not meant to be stereotypical i thought it was a good joke fish's squall looks like like a navajo or like an indian version because you pick um you pick your preset like character face to work with based off of what's heritage that's what it says is hair it's like a heritage slider um (laughs) never thought (laughs) <laughs> the Heritage Slider. <laughs> TGI Fridays near you. <laughs> Heritage Slider. God, I just... <laughs> uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. I don't know why that sounds so ridiculous. But anyways, I thought it was a good joke when Fish first showed up and he, he was looking very Indian. I was like, whatever is the way of my people. I don't know. <laughs> That's all I got. With the saying of my people. The words of my people. Whatever. It's the words of my people. Um, but those yeah. videos are going to be fun. So. We'll see. If and we then Morgan pull- had to just litter right in front of him. 
No, no, no. No, my yeah. The only littering was our horse poop. But um we'll have some takes on on kind of getting into that again lately. We're just trying to do that for a stream as a fun thing together. Probably mostly just the story stuff for people that want to watch. Um I of course am General Mountain Time for here from Montana. And um there's a million things I want to talk about today, so let's let's slide right into it. Uh the topic of the show all about approaching the backlogs that we have um in our gaming life, so to speak. You know, oftentimes, you know, we're worn out from a hard day's work. The boss yelled at us. A coworker wasn't doing his work and causing us more. Uh, we just couldn't seem to do anything right. We forgot our wallet or purse. Our workload seemed bigger than normal. Um, we, you know, we work our strenuous jobs, etc. Some days are just difficult. They're just difficult. And we come home from work and we all just want to decompress. And I know when I sit down to relax and let the troubles of the day be forgotten. There are times where I want to put on a video game, just allow myself to live in another world for a brief moment in time. You know, I, I start to thumb through my library of games, both digitally and physically. I like the idea of thumbing through a digital library. Um, what do I want to play? I wonder to myself, you know, I start to get overwhelmed because the sheer number of games I haven't started or finished continues to mount. There's a game that was in my top 10 list of 2018 that I still need to experience. But then I remember that I bought a bunch of games on sale two years ago that I had every intention of playing. But then that new game just dropped on Friday, and I also want to keep my rank in Overwatch, or Smash Brothers in my case. But uh, I also have my favorite game preloaded onto the console that I know will satisfy me too. My backlog is growing and growing as more and more games are releasing. It feels like mm. I will never be caught up. Um, I will start to feel overwhelmed and even guilty about the choice that I make. I want to be current and know what's happening in the gaming world. I want to be able to discuss with my friends and other people across the world as well. I also want to play a familiar system that I can just jump into. You know, that comfort food. It may sound silly that this can induce anxiety and worry, but let me tell you, it happens more often to us than we can admit. So what is the answer? How do we tackle a backlog of games staring back at us, waiting to be played when there are so many and we have limited amounts of times? That, fellow chompers, is what we are going to discuss today. Um, so I'll, let's get right into it, because you guys are going to hate my answer to this question. So I will let you save your hatred, because I'm just going to blow this whole thing up. Uh, but Shay, I mean, I know we were working on that introduction and the backlog idea, probably something that plagues you a little more than some of us, being with all the studying and, and the working and the teaching and the tindering. I mean... I, Tell me, tell me how you approach it. <laughs> I have a really funny joke answer. So if I if I play 15 minutes of a game that has been in the backlog, I reward myself with five minutes of Tinder. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's what I do for my kid when she kidding. does her homework. <laughs> Here's a cookie. I'm kidding. No, I like I think these answers aren't gonna be super profound. And I think that we've all heard these kind of piece of pieces of advice in other facets or areas of our lives, but it's completely applicable to gaming. And I just think that it requires a level of dedication and focus. I think one of the biggest things is if you ever want to tackle a backlog is you need to set like an overall goal and then you need to set a bunch of smaller achievable goals. I mean, this to me this resonates because like I've been getting back into fitness again and it's the same thing with fitness. Um, 
if you want to complete a set amount of games every year and you want to like nail your backlog, you should write down an overall goal. Like, okay, well, I have about 30 games on the back burner. I'm going to finish 10 of these games by the end of July, for example. So you have this goal. You want to finish 10 games by the end of July. I think that's a feasible, attainable goal. And then you say, okay, well, I need to break this down into an even smaller subset of goals that are achievable. Yeah. So it's like the first game, I want to finish this by, um, you say you're making this at January 1st. I want to finish this first game by January 21st. Okay, so what do I got to do by then? Well, the first week I should, you know, dedicate six hours to this game. Okay, that's achievable. That's, that's easy to achieve. You know, you set an hour aside, six out of the seven days a week, and you just play the game. That's completely achievable. And you look at that, and once you achieve that goal, oh man, I reached six hours. That makes you feel good. It's kind of like a video game. It's like gamification. Like you feel like this emotional and mental boost. You're like, oh shit, I can do this. Like if I set these super easy goals that are working towards this overarching goal or overarching goal, um, yeah, I can do this. Absolutely. It's completely attainable. So over the three weeks, you dedicate 18 hours to finishing a game. Bam, you beat the game. You have these smaller goals that you achieved. And then you reach this even larger goal, which is finish the game by January 21st. And that kind of snowballs. You set yourself up by putting these tiny goals that snowball into bigger and bigger goals. And I know it sounds silly. It's like, oh, it's gaming. Like, why does it matter? It's just, I'm supposed to sit here and relax. Well, if you, you know, like, I can't tell you how many times I've heard gamers talk about, like, man, I just have this backlog and... I just feel like I'm never going to get caught up. I myself say that all the time. And it's like, well, if you want to be current and you want to know what games are good and what are not, and you want to make sure that you're caught up, this is one of the ways you got to do it is you got to set goals for yourself. And I know it sounds silly and I know you want to relax, but that's, that's one of the things you got to do at the end of the day. Well, but that, that fits your personality because you approach it like, Almost like homework, which I don't mean that offensively because you're the only one of us who's really been devoted to like school and that sort of a trajectory in your life. You treat it almost like homework, even though it's not like it's not like painful to you. I'm sure you'd rather be doing playing a video game than doing math homework. But your approach is similar to that. Yeah, I I think re- realistically in the past year or two, I've really kind of. I've wanted to compartmentalize a lot of my life and know that like, you know, I have 24 hours in a day, eight hours of that's going to sleeping, a few hours of that's going to eating, a lot of it's going to a job. So realistically, I have a few hours left in my day, every day, Mm -hmm. to do whatever it is I want to do. So if if I have multiple hobbies, I I really got to be able to focus my time and attention. And so for me, I have to compartmentalize. I have to set little goals for me. That's kind of how yeah. my life is. Um, whereas other people, this advice isn't going to be as applicable to them because their their life is, you know, like work eight hours, go home, and then they, you know, they don't have a lot on their docket, which isn't a bad thing at all. It's just different ways of living life. So yeah, they have exactly. to, they, they don't have to focus so much on the goal. Um, but 
I think for people who are busier, you know, um, we had a few comments on our Twitter and um, some comments on the Patreon and some on the Instagram as well, that there are some people who are busier, you know, they, they are going to graduate school or they have multiple jobs or, you know, they have family, they have young children. So they're like me in the sense that they have to set this time aside and they have to kind of plan it in a way. And planning doesn't always go according to to the set plan, but that that effort that you're putting there to set these goals is such a big thing. I think that's one that's one of the biggest ones, you know. Okay, that's, um, that's I want to open it up to you that, guys because yeah, I have st- I've written down like six different ones. <laughs> well, I think it's a good starting point because it describes your personal take on it, uh, Josh. It's interesting because I know you for a long time, and you have a sort of an issue i think with buying a lot of games on pc in particular stacking them up on steam sales and such um so i assume that this is a real problem for you uh sort of i do have a lot of games on there from back when i used to get bundles and stuff Uh um like i i do i have got tons of games that i bought with uh little to no intention of ever playing them so they're technically a <laughs> backlog but like i i'm pretty good at even if i've bought something being able to make decision i'm i'm never going to play that so don't feel guilty about it it's just you know don't worry about it i mean it doesn't make as much sense if you went out there and purposely bought a game but like in that sort of a situation i think uh yeah that makes sense i, I kind of think of it more along the lines of like uh you're not going to feel mad at yourself if you don't get around to playing all the free games from PlayStation Plus every month. Like that would, why would you get mad at yourself for that? Half of them, ninety percent of them are probably not for you. Um, yeah. Well, and some people so, are notorious for buying a lot, of, playing a lot of stuff, but they don't really stress about finishing things. Are you? Are you? You're a finisher and kind of guy. Like that was our joke last year. You were like, yeah. I finished like eight thousand games or whatever it was. For the most part, not always. If something is bad, bad, I won't finish it. And not even if it's not bad, bad, but like a lot, you have to know if something's worth your time. Um, and even if it's not bad, it can still be so much of an investment. It's not worth your time. Um, and a good, a good tool for this that I, I don't think I've brought up on the show. Maybe I have. Um, but how long to beat? Dot com. Yeah. Is a great resource for uh, kind of helping you tackle a backlog like that. Because if you have several games and, you, well, I, I want to knock something out over this weekend, you can kind of check out, you know, look through there real quick. And because the, the nice thing about that site is it has numbers for um, just the story, for, you know, story plus some of the side missions. And then for like completionist, like here's, you know, how long it's going to take you to get like, just collect all the crap. Yeah, um, yeah. So it's it's a really good resource for kind of helping you plan out what what you can reasonably accomplish in a given time. Uh, and so I've used that a lot just to kind of prioritize my list. Like, oh, I've got three things right now I want to play. If I start this one, I'll be playing it for the next two weeks. I can knock this one out in one or two sittings. I'll, I'll let, let's do this one so I can feel like I've knocked something out and then you know move on from there well that's Um, your problem you have so many things you want to play it's it's unique mm -hmm. to you because you have a a vast uh 
a palette of interests in in particular a lot of these indie games and shorter games so like you have a wider mm-hmm. palette of i would even say more obscure games so you get you yeah. get stuck with a wider slate of interests than maybe a lot of people do yeah i that i think that's reasonable i mean i was looking at like my anticipated list for this year and it's basically all indie games with like you know pokemon thrown in there um <laughs> So yeah, I just I generally have a slightly larger selection of just smaller games to knock out. But even even not counting that, not all AAA games are really long. Like a lot of them are only yeah. like ten hour yeah. games, or you know, like there's there's still a ton of variance in there. So just even knowing what you're getting yourself into is a big big deal. Like for example, we've talked before about um, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. It's massive. The game is absolutely ridiculously huge. Like, there's stuff to do forever in that game. I haven't finished it. I may not ever finish it, but it's still something that I'll just kind of pick up and, you know, play a little bit here and there just to kind of fill some time if I've got something I kind of want to... Like, if there's not something I want to currently knock mm-hmm. out, just to kind of spend some time working at stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that's going to be kind of a good segue later to the idea of what a backlog actually is, because that doesn't sound like a back- backlog to me. That just sounds like kind of a persistent jump in and have a good time thing. Um, mm-hmm. Which, I know some people are like, what are you talking about? That's got to be a backlog. That's what a backlog is. I'm like, well, I don't know. We'll talk about that in a bit, because yeah. uh, defining it, I think, is interesting. But that's a, that's a good segue for you, Josh, uh, especially knowing you as a person that fits. Fish! Oh! Fish, I don't know if he's <laughs> ever had... I don't know if he can have a backlog because he's never had a regular log. So I mean, how does this work? <laughs> that's true. Yeah, that's 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 the answer to this. <laughs> you know, don't, I, don't I think have we a can backlog. Double new terms. Just I think we can call it the micro all. the micro log. Hmm. The micro log. Yeah. There's actually a joke from uh, Fraser that was when we brought up this topic that stuck with me, where he goes to this diner. And it's like Christmas time, and he's like sitting next to like a homeless guy. And I don't, I forget why he's in the diner, but it's not somewhere he'd normally eat. He's a psychiatrist. He usually eats at fancy restaurants. And he asks the lady what the special is for Christmas Eve. And you know, it's like a crappy diner. And she's like, We got this, watch out. We got breasts on a log, and we got a log of mashed potatoes or whatever. And he just turns to the guy next to him, the homeless guy, and he's like, Isn't it great how appealing everything sounds when it comes in log form? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's just like you know, you yeah, like were the everything last they served there was just expected a to make a Frasier reference. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I love Frasier. It's Frasier. Frasier um, is great. That's yeah. No, my wife got me into that show, mm-hmm. but I just, I whenever we started saying log, I just started thinking about. Um, oh yeah, it's one of the few sh- shows I can go back to and basically constantly watch. It's, it's good. Yeah. It makes you feel good. It makes me feel happy. Um, and it's real clever. Oh, yeah, anyway, so fish. Uh, sorry to drop that log on you. Um, <laughs> right, in your, right on your chest as usual. Right, and you're about to give us your good opinion. I'm, I'm glad you can be taught. <laughs> the chest where it belongs. I remember. Um, or was it the lap? Now I'm confused. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the two. Uh, anyway, fish. You never have a log to begin with, so you're free of backlog guilt, right? Or no? How does this work for you in your brain? In my brain, like, I feel guilty for not playing certain games, and essentially that guilt, I build up a backlog of guilt inside of me, mm. <laughs> and eventually, you know... You need some Metamucil for that. Yeah, you have a, you have a metaphysical <laughs> backlog. 
Yeah. <laughs> Metaphysical constant. I thought you were going to say a metamusical <laughs> backlog. <laughs> then eventually I just pop a pill and it all comes out. Hmm. No, meta- well, yeah. I guess that's you, how it works. I guess. Metamucil is actually a powder, but hmm. the laxative works good, too. Good cup of coffee. That's interesting though. Fish or a vape. Vape helps with that, as we know. Like nicotine, the nicotine shit. So you're saying you're. Mm-hmm. You get a guilt from just the lack of even having a log in the first place. Your backlog is actually, right. yeah, FOMO. Yeah, no. well, a lot of times, like, I'll hear you guys talking about video games in our chat or talking about it on here on the podcast, and eventually, like, I'll think about it, and uh, if, it, if it piques my interest, I'll eventually think, you know what, I should really play this game just so I can be a part of the conversation, you know, so... um eventually like I'll, I'll get around to it but even then it's it's hard for me to want to jump into a game um just because i know there's just so much time to invest sometimes but um like like games like katana zero like that was a game easy for me to get into mm-hmm. um just because i was having fun straight off um right off the bat on that game and it wasn't that long of a game um, but if that game had been 30 hours, maybe, maybe right. not like, look at the two games you got into this year, Katana Zero beat that in four hours and Apex Legends, there's really no pressure of an end. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and a lot of times, like for me to go out and play these other games like Red Dead Redemption, like it takes, uh, one of you guys to actually get me into it, um, whether you're playing with me or like you're talking very um uh talking up it in a way that just like gets me excited for it essentially so um yeah it, it, for me I, to actually yeah. try and tackle games that i haven't played or i should be playing or i feel like i should be playing like it, it takes a lot um of something else other than myself because i can't rely on myself to actually tackle any game at this point so <laughs> Um, yeah. <laughs> Powerful words of confidence from the man we love. <laughs> it's just a video game, man. I think you stress yourself too so your much. Your strategy is coercion. You need, coercion. you need someone to. Coercion. That's yeah. what I said. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it did sound like coercion. you said coercion for some reason. I thought some sort of mustard. Um, but I would, I would say that fish, your psychological, if you think about it, it's so psychological because. Something like Monster Hunter doesn't really have an end per se, and you played that for hundreds of hours, right? Um, right. Because there's no expectation there. Like I feel like whenever there is a, you sort of put a psychological stress on yourself when there is, you feel like maybe it's single player driven, long, long experience. Who knows? I mean, that's just something to think about. I don't know. I just think it's interesting to think about knowing you because it. And and I'm going to shatter this whole fucking thing into a million pieces because, and this will make a lot of sense if you guys know me because my answer is closer to fishes. And yet, completely on the opposite end of the spectrum. Because I am obsessed with, you know, video games and learning about them and trying them and stuff, at least more so in the past in particular, because I didn't have a bunch of children. But I don't think I've ever had a backlog in my life. I don't even know if I necessarily think the idea of a backlog could exist for me. Because even the idea of a backlog, I might strike back against for this reason. Anytime I've ever known someone that really, really was into something, they tried it. And they stuck with it until they, f- until they were done with it. You know, like, if I look at all you guys as my friends, I look at Fish, Monster Hunter, 
told me he didn't have any time for video games, and then he put 200 hours into Monster Hunter, right? I look at myself, like, I, I can barely find time for 10 hours of a game now, but I do on my Switch all the time, and I got Final Fantasy twelve on my Switch. It's an older game. I've been playing it. Con- I'm going to finish that game. It's going to be like a 50 or 60 hour game. I'm going to finish it in like three weeks. Because I want to. I find time. Shay was obsessed with all all the games last year he didn't finish. But of course, God of War and his beloved Beer McCreary and Dragons and Beards dropped. And he finished that game in like a week and wanted to do a spoiler cast despite being busy. And and, and when you look at these things, I feel like the backlog just goes. It's like a graveyard for games that we're meh about. And if we're meh about, then it's 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 what's from a back. So meh because we've not tried them. Obviously, but that's the, the thing. Indicator. If, if you haven't tried, that's that's the one pushback I have, though, because generally if I'm interested in something, I will try it away. So I, I don't I don't have that issue. I don't buy games that just sit there. I've never. And that's a personal thing. I'm just saying, obviously, I don't implant this on you guys. I, I am deeply fascinated by human beings that buy games and then let them sit there. That is a fascinating prospect for me, because if I think something looks interesting, I, I buy it and I at least try it right away. At least try it. Um, and if it goes to the I way, think that's. I think that's what's good about your personality, though. I mean, one of the things I wrote down was limiting your budget of buying new games until you finish the old ones. And I think yeah. that you actually do a really good job of that. You, you know, whenever you buy a game, you're immediately on it. And someone like Josh or more like Josh or me at times, like we see games that we want to play, but we haven't ha- had time to get to it for whatever reason. And then we see it on sale. So we'll pick it up. And then we'll keep it there for when we have time or interest to go to it. And I think that's I think that's kind of one of the difficult things about being a gamer is like you see these sales and you're like, oh, I don't have time right at this moment, but I'll pick this up now and I'll get back to it later, which isn't a bad thing. You're picking it up, you know, you're you're um, you know, you're saving yourself some money. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But think about Uh, the idea of what you're saying, because that's. That's really interesting, Shay, because think about this. Because what you're saying, if I'm proposing this idea, is if you're looking for a game that's on sale, it's generally something you've passed on, which means you, you thought it looked interesting, but you weren't, like, over the moon about it. And then it was on sale, so there was that level of, like, you know, uh, consumer FOMO, where you're like, shit, what if it doesn't go on sale again? I was kind of interested in it. Um, and then maybe have a little of that consumerism itch. Maybe you and Josh have a little bit more of that. Like I look at fish. He never really gets that itch to buy things. When I talk to him all the time, he's like, meh, whatever. And I'm kind of in the middle. Like, do you think maybe to the backlog, people that suffer backlog issues, there could be something deeper psychologically with like, um, like sort of like those people that like feel better, like purchasing things or, uh, fear of like the sale, not coming back around. Do you think there's something maybe deeper there from like a financial angle kind of a thing? I think that could be the case. Absolutely. I think that could absolutely be the case. I think it's, you know, sometimes you want, it's like retail therapy for some yes, people. Yes, that's the real they, for, yeah. They pop on to Steam and they're like, oh shit, this game's on sale, might as well buy it, and then makes them feel better about their self. I, you know, I'm guilty of that at times with multiple things, not just gaming, absolutely. I think it also, too, comes down to, um, you know, budget. You know, some people, like we've talked about this previously on the podcast uh, many episodes ago, about gaming on a budget and you know when you don't have a high paying job a lot of times the only ways you can get games are you know buying them on sale or sharing a library with someone so you don't have to spend as much and i think i think that inherently comes as a positive and a negative from an industry now where indie games 
are viable. So it feels like you have more choices than you ever had. And, you know, you got to be kind of choosy about what you buy. So sales are a great way to, you know, kind of be able to buy more games, a, a wider variety of games. And inherently that will sometimes create a backlog. And I think that, I, I mean, I, 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 in some ways admire your way and other people who do what you do, your guys' way of gaming, where you buy a game and then you immediately hop into it. I, I admire that, you know? But to go, to go back to your previous point of what you were saying is, like, you don't understand, you know, a backlog sometimes and you think that people, like, will kind of pass on games because they look just kind of meh. I'll use Hollow Knight for an example. I, you know, I had been wanting to play that game. I just hadn't prioritized it. Josh had kept telling us it was a very good game. It wasn't that it looked met to me. It just looked that it, it just was that, you know, I had other games on the docket or I had other things going on. And then when I had a nice chunk of free time, it was like, okay, I do have time to sit down and play this game. I've been wanting to play this game. And I ended up loving the game. And I think sometimes what you're saying is the case. You know, we see games on sale where, yeah, I could go for that. Why not? You know, I've been, I've been waiting long enough. Might as well, I guess. But then I think there are other times truly where it's, it's a matter of, well, I just, I haven't had time. I haven't had the money. I've been playing other games. Now's the time where I can sit down and play this game. That's a year, two or five years old and see what it's all about. You know, I, I don't think that it's like a it's a one answer kind of thing. Well, but when you think about something, I, I do, yes, I do get your good point. point. I, yeah, yeah, and, and outliers are tricky. And um, Josh, did you have anything you want to add to that before I get to some of these comments? Because you, in particular, like does the, the uh, well, let me phrase it this way: Does do you think the retail therapy sort of thing applies to you as a as a personality type? No, I currently have. Three games on my backlog that are games that I've not touched but got in order to play uh-huh. for some reason. Like games I'm, I got with every intention of playing and just haven't played them yet. Uh, one of them is Anachronox, which is from the guys who made Deus Ex, um, which is just this ridiculously weird game that I intended to stream at some point because it's like a point-and-click adventure, but like in the PS2 era, we're controlling like a character kind of like an adventure game or something it's uh-huh. it's bizarre it looked like something would be fun to stream because it's a really old game it doesn't really play nicely with computers though so it looks like if i ever want to do that it's going to be a complete nightmare to get it set up so that one may not be on there um let's see the other two were uh thief and the king's quest remake um just because Thief is exactly my sort of game, that sort of procedural stealth game, but, you know, it was on the PC at the time whenever I couldn't get around to it. So I bought that with every intention of playing it, just haven't gotten around to it yet, because it's, you know, a stealth game from... I'm not sure exactly what year. Late 90s, early yeah. 2000s. Because um, you still have that hesitance where you're like, this looks interesting, but you're still not like, I'm yeah, going to play this yeah, right yeah. away. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So but basically like... everything else that I've got... Yeah. I've started. Okay. Like, okay. Yeah, like, I've got several that I bought that are still, I, like, I leave them on my list of games to get around to that I've started and then not finished. 
and that probably have a few more weeks before they get removed from the backlog just because they're not good enough to be worth my time. Um, stuff like ukulele. Got that? Looked great. Hey, it's 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 a it's an old school collectathon platformer again. It's not very good. Um, looked like it would be something absolutely worth my time. Played like the first few levels of it. It's not worth your time. Um, well, I don't agree with that, but go ahead. But I mean that that sort of thing. So like, I really don't have a lot of games that I just just sit around wholesale wasting away in a backlog. Mm-hmm. Although if you played the first few levels of Ukulele, there's only five levels, so you've Probably played enough of it. Um, well, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, but so it sounds like you're actually pretty good of not really having a backlog either, for the most part. That's what I'm hearing. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've got a backlog of games that I could get around to because, like I said, of all the stuff that I've gotten in bundles and whatnot. Like, if I, if I, if the goal was to play everything I have purchased, whether it was, you know, bundled with something else or not. I'm sure I have dozens of other games on there that were there because I bought something else because it was cheaper to buy it as a bundle than on its own at some point in the past. Um, hmm. Okay. For example, I think I own all the Tomb Raider games because you were, you know, trying to convince me to play one and two, and it was cheaper to buy the bundle that had like the first seven of them. Yeah. On on Steam there, so I own all the Tomb Raider games. Um. And that sort of thing. Yeah, so. that's kind of an, I would say, it's an outlier kind of scenario. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll see what you guys think of some of these quick hitters we have. A lot of people chiming in on this topic. I should just fly through all the ones that I agree with really quickly because, and then I can throw some at you guys because a lot of these were like right up my alley. Um, and some of them are just funny. So, uh, let's see here. Well, actually, a lot of these are just funny. <laughs> so, let's see here. Um, <laughs> Nick of Time Games said Memorial Day weekend, which is funny because that's coming up. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> Omega Caratone said, what approach? Um, Crumkey said, if I knew that, I wouldn't have such a ridiculous backlog. Seriously, though, I need to know. What do I do? Uh, <laughs> um, Day Mike said, rear end it first like a bear. Rear end it? What do bears rear end? I don't get it. Just like a reference to how bears have sex in the wild? Is that all it is? I don't know. Mm. Uh, let's see here. <laughs> Sorry, Day Mike, if you can give us clarity, please. DM me and give us clarity on what you're talking about. <laughs> um, Sp- Re- Spider's Corner said, mostly crying and continuing to add to it. Um, I, don't, I just don't understand you people. Um, saying, fuck it, it's not going to happen, Mr. Bizarro. Yeah. Mm. Which I think is an essential part to the backlog, especially if, like I said, you've started something and it doesn't grab you at all. Um, yeah. yeah. Like, I finish most of the games I play. Well, I don't even know about that. You I finish, finish them as much half, as you... Well, you half finish, the most. But, you finish as much as you want to finish. That's generally what yeah. yeah, that's the thing. Like, if... Yeah. Feeling like you absolutely need to finish a game... Probably, probably isn't the best thing long term for you. No. Like, because you're, you're it, never going to catch up with all games. Like, you literally yeah. can't play all of them. So you're going to have to make decisions here and there. It's going to happen organically. Generally, if you like something, mm-hmm. it just finishes itself. <laughs> yeah, just yeah, just don't feel guilty about it. Is I think the biggest thing there. Like, if it's something you started, 
you didn't want to finish, that's Well, fine. the guilt could be a larger problem about just buying too much stuff that you don't really have time to do. Like, having a family really helped me because I can't buy. And, and the flip side to that, Shay, to my what's good about not having a backlog, the downside is when I get something, I normally know I'm going to like it, and I become obsessed with it, and then it consumes me for, like, weeks, and it's all I think about, and it makes me crazy. Um, and so that is also a bad thing, whereas you're a little more patient. Like, oh, I'll just buy this game, and I'll, you know, I'll get to it when I get a chance. But for me, it's like, oh, Final Fantasy XII, that's all I want to do is play Final Fantasy. i got to get my license and play this. I'm all this new area. I'm like, oh, we have the fishing side quest. I'm, like, oh, I'm trying to sex my wife, but all I can think about is uh, what Van's going to do in his storyline. Oh, my God. You know, like, there's a downside <laughs> to the crazy. That's all that I'm saying. That's fair. I, I think that makes sense. That's one, one of the things I actually wrote down. And it makes sense with your personality. It's something I've kind of figured out. This is more you than me. Is just play with a friend. Whether you're playing like together, like a Super Smash Brothers, where like you and Fish play together a lot, yeah. or just like playing like a one-player game at the same period in time together, so you guys can kind of talk about your progress and discuss it, kind of like a video game book club, so to speak. Um, I think that kind of helps you, Morgan, personally is when, you, when you're when you obsessed with the game, you have someone to talk about it with. And I think that kind of holds you accountable, especially with a backlog. Like, if you want to go back and play a game, like I, you know, years ago, when I, well, a few years ago now, when I asked you guys to play Saga Frontier, you know, I went back and I played that game again, and I was beating a different story on it, and then I asked you guys to play it with me. Granted, you guys fucking hated the game, but <laughs> you guys actually went back and played it, and that kind of held me accountable yeah. for something I had been wanting to do for a while. Mm -hmm. I think the thing that always puts things in perspective like that for me is, do I really have a backlog when there's these two or three games that I could play and finish because I haven't? But I'm going to play this game that I've already played like twice and I'm playing. Oh, No Man's Sky is releasing and I'm going to play that for 40 more hours. Is, am I really going to excited to play those games? Because I'm playing other games in front of them several times before. So it just kind of makes you think about like how invested you are. Like it's going to sound like a downer, but I can't remember the last time a game really surprised me. I don't know about you guys, but like, like genuinely, like I thought this looked dumb. I played it, became obsessed with it. Um, the only, the last time it happened was Super Smash Brothers, and that was a whole, that, that was it, and that was recently, but I, I sat down and thought about it, because, like, even Cuphead, I was not looking forward to it, but right when it dropped, I was like, oh my god, this looks really cool, and the day, I played it the day I bought it, like, I played it all night long, four or five hours, like, I couldn't think of anything that really surprised me, so I feel like people probably have a good understanding of the things they like, and maybe if they just stopped dropping all the money on the that looks okay, you know, and I know that sounds close-minded because it's like, don't try these other games out, don't expand your horizons, I'm not saying that at all, but oftentimes when I do that, like, oh, that looks all right, I play it, and I go, yeah, it was exactly what I thought it was, it was all right, and now I'm $25 in the hole, and I'll never finish it. I know that sounds sad, but I, I didn't mean to be at such a downer on that. <sighs> Daniel okay. OFDC, I'm just trying to Anyone out there who's is built or wired like me, I'm just trying to help you because that's what I do now. Uh, Daniel OFDC said, none at all. I'm just going to sit on my empire of dirt. It's a good Nin reference. And only play Rocket League forever. So, see, he's chosen the Rocket League. Le legitimate strategy there. <laughs> Rocket League above all else. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's a legitimate strategy, though. Just find a game that you really like and care about. 
why worry about other games when you can just invest your time and energy in one game? And I think that's a more prevalent strategy now more than ever because with the way that games and gaming companies, like more content continues to be added into a lot of online games. I mean, that's a completely feasible thing to do. Yeah. Just yeah. buy a game or um, get a game oh, yeah. and then just spend all your time into it. Why not? You know, nothing wrong yeah. with that. I mean, if, if, if your motive isn't to stay current with a lot of video games or to play a lot of the new video games, that's not your prerogative. Then do kind of what other people do. Just stay on one game that's semi-competitive, enjoy it when you play it. And then, you know, that's why Twitch exists. You watch other people play it, you can stay current that way. Or you listen to people like us talk about new games and old games and our experiences. And then you kind of live vicariously through that. That's a way you can avoid a backlog, too. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. sort of nature's way of working things out, man. The games you don't really like that. Like, I was excited for Far Cry New Dawn because I wanted to finish that story. And I probably still will. But I, if I never do, who cares? You know what I mean? Because I played yeah. 10 hours of it and I know what it is and it was fine. And uh, nature worked its way out. You know, it's it got left behind. It was the cripple that got left in the back of the pack. And maybe it'll get eaten by a lion. Maybe it won't. A lot of quiet today. Come on, guys, you're killing me. Sorry, I'm just confused with that. Oh, I get it. I get it. It's just like I, I have nothing to add that's to. It's so sorry. Let me let's try uh, it again. To be, I to agree. Be fair, I can only see Fish's face, and he usually just stares at me. So that's all. I, that's all. He's staring at his vape pen. He's like looking at it, like God, I'd love to suck mm. you right now. Heard that before. Oh yeah. Get in line. All right, so. Kilty Gamer said, I don't. I cry every time I look at it. A lot of people are crying at their... Um... Yeah. John Layola on the Twitter said the same thing. He's like, I just, I know I'm never going to get caught up kind of thing. Or like, yeah. I don't touch my backlog, really. Like, yeah, we kind of share that same thing. Yep. Yeah, well, Nick... Yeah. I think I think it's doable. Like you said, you just need realistic goals and kind of... Like, like, like I mentioned, how long to beat is a great resource for that because, I mean, unless you're going out and buying $60 games and then letting them sit there, which I'm, why? Why Why would you do that? Like, I think most of these games that I have sitting here were, you know, five to ten bucks if they're if they're sitting there that I've just not played yeah. yet. Um, I, I think, it, yeah. like, and, yeah, it's, it, it's doable. Yeah. It's just, uh, it is. It is more effort. It's more effort to not play a comfort game. Yeah. Um, right. It's 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 a lot of dedication. And you know, kind of aligned with that goal thing, you can even like track your progress with like a visual aid of some sort, which again sounds ridiculous. It can be some on your computer or it can be like a piece of paper, or a post or something, where you just you physically see yourself checking off goals. And that that in turn boosts you. Like that boosts your self esteem, that boosts your confidence in what mm-hmm. you can do. It's yeah. just, you, it's like get doing whatever it takes. gold stars for relatively <laughs> yeah. cheaply at uh, well, most well, office like, supply stores. Well, it's, it's yeah. something as simple as this. It's like if you beat, if you achieve like three of your smaller goals um, within a month, then you reward yourself with a nice, crisp, cold Dr. Pepper 10 can of soda. Oh, God. Or if you're feeling, if you're feeling even 
more so, like you achieve five goals, you can go get a nice um, plastic bottle of your favorite Mountain Dew. If they still have game fuel, I don't know if they still have game fuel in the U.S. I can't remember. I think they do. Is that anybody's But you buy that 20-ouncer, and you just chug it. And your teeth don't thank you later, but your heart does. Hmm. No, Shay's on the right... That's the first thing I do every morning. That slamming shut sound you hear is is not a ventricle slowly dying. It's it's your heart just clapping for you. It's... (laughs) It's your significant other leaving you as they see you making a goal poster on your wall for video games. That's what the slamming of the door is. But you know what? You can go to bed with an easy, relaxed mind knowing you achieved your goal. Oh, well, I will say this, Shay. You're on the right track because the first thing I do every morning, I wake up at 6.30, 6.35, I chug a Dr. Pepper 10, start my day off with a reward. You know what I'm saying? I've earned it just by waking up every day, motherfucker. <laughs> that's good. That's comfort food. How about you try, like, you achieve three goals in a month, you slam a nice 20-ounce bottle of water. Do your body some good. That would be the true reward. Uh, uh, water? Yeah, you're probably right. Reward my body, but put my mind through hell. Um, this made me think of <laughs> Garcia 81. Said, I don't put pressure on myself. Just scroll through and see if something scratches the itch. It made me think about people I've known that are just very different. And the biggest thing I would stress to people on this topic is the first thing you have to do as you get older is just understand who you are as a person. Now, there's some exceptions. Like if I have close friends and they recommend things like I always push fish into stuff or like the time Josh recommended Bloodborne, there's always exceptions. But generally speaking... Uh, besides your close friends and stuff, people you trust, you know yourself. You know, I dated this girl who told me that, like, look, she's like, no matter how nice a guy is or how attractive he is, if he's not into doing some weird shit in the bedroom, it's not going to be worth my time. I'm not going to put the effort into it. Know who you are and what you're into, and you will find this burden is released. And a lot of these times, I think these people are, their their brain is not wired to, like, have 50 things going on at once, pulling at them. But they have the compulsion to always buy things or load up on things, and they're fighting those compulsions at once. Like, and I've learned for me that, like, I'll, I'll give you guys a really short, short story and example. When I went, bought my PS3 for the first time, I remember when I was younger, and we'd go to my friend's house to play his PS1, and it was it was really fun. When I was younger, I didn't have a PlayStation. I would go to his house. He had like a stack of games, like fifteen games, and he was just the way this guy was wired. Every day he would just play a game for an hour pop it out, play another game. And he had like 15 games going at once, right? And it was fun until I tried to do it myself. I I bought my PS3 for the first time. I bought like six games at once, popped them all down there. The Last of Us, Hot Shots, Grand Tri- all, all this stuff, right? And it just ate at me alive. I was just like, this is fucking annoying. I want, I don't want to like dabble in them because every time I sit down, I'm like, oh, I really just want to play this one thing, but maybe I want to play this. Like, learn how you're wired, learn about yourself, and try not to fight your inner um, being, so to speak. There we go. That's all I'm going to say. I can, I can see that. Yeah, mm-hmm. like, whenever, a few years back, you know, it's funny that we're talking about this. I bought a bunch of games on the Black Friday sale. I bought, like, Mass Effect Andromeda, Persona. Persona 5, Prey, like all these games. I probably played one of the six games or two of the six games that I bought. And if I'd be lying if I didn't say, you know, it eats at me from time to time. I'm like, man, even though it was a shitty, I heard it was a shitty game, I still wanted to play Mass Effect Andromeda. And it still bugs me. 
from time to time. It's like, mm. why did I buy these games if I'm never even going to play them? It's like, it, it's a waste of money. So, yeah, I, I, uh, I, get, I get what you're saying. It's only fair that something eats you for once, right? Someone's got to eat something. <laughs> the guilt. Um, a lot of good stuff here. I think we pretty much. I think we covered a very. Single, I think there's a lot. The coolest thing about this discussion is that all of us came from a different point of view. So if you're listening to this, hopefully you can align yourself with someone and say that sounds more like me. That's good advice for helping because I think we're all pretty good. I mean, sounds like there's still some confliction, but I think we're getting better getting at understanding ourselves. Yeah, for yourself. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there. There were there were two other brief ones that I wanted to mention that I didn't really hear in the comments, so I was kind of waiting to see if they would be mentioned. One of the things I think that's huge is like sharing your achievements, which sounds weird, mm, but yeah, I, I think I kind of feel like you know when I was thinking about this topic, it kind of gave me a newfound appreciation for like achievements or trophies in games because that shows that you know you're putting progress into a video game, you're work actively working on completing it. And so, you know, you share that with within your like community on your your system or whatever. And I know it sounds kind of silly being like, "Oh, I got this trophy on this video game," but that's my that's apparently my new cool nerd voice, but um yeah, it's I think I think that's a way of like boosting yourself when you beat a video game. It's like, "Man, I beat this video game. Check this out." And I got this badass rare achievement in the like oh that's cool you know like you're comparing achievements or trophies and it's kind of a way to just you know boost your self-esteem again by being like oh dude i got this badass trophy and then the guy's like oh how the fuck did you get that and it's like huh well let me tell you and that boot that like us knowing something that someone else doesn't know usually gives us this slight boost of self-esteem and being able to teach someone um definitely definitely is is a way that you can a way that you can impart knowledge and you yourself are like okay i beat this game because i beat it i I have this knowledge now let me share it and that that in itself is i think a huge boost to self-esteem the other one i wanted to say and it's the last thing i'll say about this because i know i've droned on long enough about it is having others hold you accountable and even if that's through doing like just your friends or even through a stream, you know, like I think that's kind of one of the, the cool things about streaming is like sometimes you have, as a consistent streamer, you um you have to continuously play video games, you know, to keep your numbers constant and keep people coming back. And it's like, well, OK, well, I got to play a game. I got to play a game. And then you go find a game uh, that, you know, piques your interest. And if you have a backlog, you're like, okay, well, today I'm actually going to go back and play this game. I've heard it's great. You guys have told me it's great. I'm going to go back and play it. And then you have people there who are like, oh, shit, I'm so happy. I'm so excited for you to get to this one part. And they're they're holding you accountable. Yeah. And I think that's a really big thing, too, is having someone there just kind of like nudging you along. Like, oh, I can't wait till you get to this one part right here. You're going to love it. It's going to blow your fucking mind. And that's holding you accountable to continue getting into the game. I think that's another thing, too, that, you know, really helps us with the backlog is having someone there who's interested or who's already played it, knows what it's about, pushing you along, holding you accountable. So, um, 
you know, I, I think that I think that's good enough to kind of lay it to rest. I, I like that we talked about this and we all had very different viewpoints because, like you said, Morgan, we all have very different personalities. So hopefully, you know, you, the listener, can kind of glean something from our very different methodologies of how we approach a backlog. It's true. As Nick Potts 87 said, not buying more games till I finish the old ones, currently doing that, The Last of Us, because he's learned... But until he finishes the game he's playing now, the money stays in the pocket. So, learn yourself. Yeah, I really want to adopt that. Because, uh, yeah, a lot of times, I'll, I'll spend $60 on a fucking video game, and it's just going to sit there and rot. You want to cut back forever. from two games to one a year? <laughs> well, that's a, that's the thing. I don't think it works for you, fish, because you. I don't think it would well, work. Uh, well, a lot. Of I get times, what you're saying, like, fish. I'll, I get I'll what buy a game. Like I have Kingdom Hearts three. I only put two hours into that game, mm. and it like it kills me that I spent you, you know, uh, sixty dollars. You that picked game. you picked the right time to wait on that one though, because actually I need to go back through that to play Critical Mode because they finally added a hard huh. mode to the game, which is apparently. Yeah. actually really hard which the game needed because the combat looked really cool but you didn't need to engage with any of it because it was just but, right but how does the joke. hard mode the hard mode sounds welcome but how does the hard mode fix that story you know the story was fine it was just boring to get through the game because everything was just there like nothing nothing did anything yeah the, to the fight first back few hours you. yeah yeah, it's like it's more of a tutorial at the beginning. Like you do get that boss, that big boss fight uh, on that first place that you're at uh, Olympus, but yeah, it, it felt like a slog to me. Mm-hmm. Like just going through that combat, then getting all this story that I was kind of lost in, and I just lost interest in that game. Like it didn't really grab me. So well, Josh was more invested than the rest of us. I mean, he was catching right. up on all those side. Well, games yeah, I was. And... I was like caught up on the other games, but. Josh is writing fan fiction for Sora for years. It's not a great intro, especially if you actually think this is the third game. Which, you know, granted, that's entirely Square's fault at this point. Um, It's not the third game, and it's fucking stupid that they've Mm -hmm. only decided to call the console releases, you know, the numbered ones in the series. Um, When they assume knowledge of every other game in the series. So, yeah, I just feel I just feel bad that I spent sixty bucks on this that game that you know it doesn't look like I'm gonna finish anytime soon. Um, well, it's like how with... it's just like how can you prioritize that over some of the great games that you never finish? You know, it's like sure, Kingdom, like Josh said, it's fine, but it's like uh, I don't know, I don't want to. Oh, yeah. f- we're gonna fight about Kingdom Hearts. It's Oh, I'm not fighting about God. it. Just, uh, ju- I was just using it as a No, no. You're, you're fighting about it. Game. Bitch, fight about it. I want you to fight about it. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. Josh, I, I'm, I'm deeply fascinated by Josh's affinity for Kingdom Hearts, though. That's interesting to me, knowing you. Um, and I'm sad that I've fallen off the wagon to a degree, and I feel so lost and, like, disconnected. And, you know, yeah. there's a time. I just, I don't know. Well, there was a time when you only missed one game. So it's easy enough to get back into two at that point. From two to three, you've missed, what, six games? Yeah. So 
yeah, there's really nothing to really hold on to there at that point. None of the characters you've even been introduced to, you're like, oh, I think that's Mickey Mouse. Uh, I kind of remember him. Um, and basically everybody yeah. else is new. It is tough. There so. wasn't really anything mm-hmm. yeah, to hold on to there. Speaking of which, if you want something nice and thick to hold on to, uh, you should go to at SassyD merch. That's right. SassyDicks.com. Fabulous dick art for the friends and family. They have some just beautiful, thick designs on their mugs, t-shirts, you name it. And what the hell is Sassy D merch? For some reason, if this is your first podcast of ours, you're wondering what the hell is with this sponsor. Um, basically, it's gag gifts, you know, like this. It's right there in the, in the name Fabulous Dick Art. But if you go there, they have a lot of fun with things that connect with, with nerds. For example, they have a Game of Thrones, the Iron Throne, completely made out of penises. Although, you know... That sounds pretty painful if you've seen the finale of Game of Thrones. Um, you have, they, they, I thought something, I'm trying. That sounds like a more reasonable artistic choice. I was going to say they should, they should uh, make it like a parody of Drogon. And instead of breathing out flame, he breathes out lube and just lubes the dick throne. Hmm. Or penis breath, maybe? That was a term when you were a kid, right? Somebody like, penis breath. Remember that? That's a weird term you don't hear anymore. Penis, penis yeah. breath. Yeah, yeah or dick breath. Yeah. Like, girl, yeah. I still think it's a thing. Yeah, somebody pulled that out. I'd laugh. They pulled out their dick? The Fish. dick breath? Or they said the dick breath? <laughs> pulled out the joke. Which one oh, are they pulling out? Oh. And they're always yes. and there's always laughing yes, when, is it, the when correct they pull it out. Yes, Fish. Thank you. Um, but no, I mean, let's bring back penis breath. Hashtag penis breath. Um, they, they do a lot of stuff that connects to the nerd in you from their Smash Brothers style reveal of new designs. So check them out. Go give them a follow. They're friends of ours and sponsors at Sassy D Merch on Instagram. And they do a lot of cool stuff. So um, we got some fun uh, polls to debate and video games to talk about. So woo, let's get right to it. I want to fly through some of the polls. First up. Um, we had basically an E3 leak, so to speak, for Microsoft. And if we are to believe this is true, there are talks of a bunch of games, but in particular, the one I pulled people about, a Fable reboot on this generation, or I guess presumably next generation. So let's say that comes to pass. We'll find out in a couple of weeks, right, when we sit around and watch those E3 uh conferences um shay i mean I, i'm sure you had some thoughts on this as as a you're a big fable guy right the biggest fable guy <laughs> yeah That's i used true. to be um you know i loved fable one i played through that game like seven or eight times probably in my life uh, it, it was a very good game second one was largely disappointing and so was a th- third one wasn't as bad i know a lot of people think third is the worst i think the second one was much worse than the third one. And I don't know. I just kind of, I kind of lost my faith in that studio and Lionhead Studios, to be honest with you, and that franchise, um, especially when they did the Fable Anniversary. And I remember, I've told you guys about this, you know, I played through the game, got to the end, there was a, there was a problem, there's some glitch. So they tried fixing it, and it created another glitch. And then they're like, Oh, we're not going to fix any more glitches. We're moving on. And so I had to go through the game all over again <laughs> just to beat that end of the game. And I, yeah, I'm, 
I just, I don't know. I don't have much interest in a new fable, to be honest with you. It's something that I kind of feel like they should have just done, said something like, from the makers of fable, we're going to make a new IP. And it can even be similar to fable, just do something different at this point. Um, so, I don't know, there's not much interest there. And, yeah, as far as the leaks in general are concerned, I don't really care. <laughs> to be honest with you, I don't care about the leaks whatsoever. I uh, I had posted something to our Patreon um, people, like a poll, asking them if they think that E3 is going to start dying here slowly because people are pulling out of the conference and if it still has any relevancy. And it was kind of a mixed bag there uh, of people thinking it's going to die or it's going to stay around. So I don't know. For me, I think that we're going to start seeing slowly the degradation of this conference. I think it still will be viable for the next few years. I think it depends on with uh, multiple. No, no. I mean, it could, who's to say, I mean, but I feel like it all depends on how the next couple of years go, because if it's still big for Microsoft and Nintendo and Sony's the only one really like, I think maybe there was one other one, but Sony's the big one that pulled out because they're like, Oh, we're Sony. We're just too good for this shit. Uh, which fucking irritates me, honestly, because E3 is fun. And I say that selfishly, E3 is one of my favorite things. So if you want to shit on my Christmas tree, I'm not going to be happy about it. I love Christmas, all right? And Sony, they do this thing where they're like, oh, because, you know, last year they had that controversial press conference, and I, I thought it went fine, but they did that whole thing that got criticized where they dragged everyone into the the auditorium for The Last of Us and dragged them out, and they had word talking in between. and I think that's... I think that's kind of the thing, though. I feel, I feel like it's not that they're, they're they feel like they're too good. I just feel like they can do things at their own pace, at their own time. Like it's like they're not they're not contractually obligated to release a certain amount of information at E3, which I don't think there's a contract there. That's probably not the right word, but um, they you know they don't feel like they have to make this grandiose reveal of a lot of these games you know and they can save some money by not doing that and put it into the games which probably is not the case but no i agree you know, your, your point being is actually right i agree uh you know they control they control what they release and how they release it and they don't have to live up to expectations yes and that's the smarter business ploy but it also to me just says we're scared of criticism why would we go somewhere where we can get criticized do you know what i mean it's just like ugh, i just don't like it i just don't like it um but whatever I mean, can you imagine if Sony could have dropped, like, some of the stuff that they have at E3, like that Final Fantasy VII? I don't know. Whatever. Maybe Sony, you, you could, maybe they're just not super confident what they had this year to even put out a good showing, and they don't want to taste the feedback. It's a smart move for them if they don't have good stuff to show. I'm just saying that other, other people are still there. Xbox is still there. Square's still there. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if it's, they feel like it's not strong enough. I just feel like they can, they just can do it when they want to do it and i think they understand that word word of mouth and especially through cyberspace is the way most people are going to hear about it and so why why spend thousands of dollars advertising something at a conference which is fun i'm not i'm not shitting on e3 um which is fun but instead of you know spending all that money they could just drop it on the internet and there it's going to still get the same amount of exposure um realistically 
I don't think that they're exposing that many more people to anything new by dropping it at E3 because it's just going to get passed around the internet. So why spend thousands of dollars to do that? I think that's the logic, man. I think it's a shame. I think Whatever, like... penis breath. <laughs> uh, fucking Sony pisses me off. And then they make me happy with some of the dumb stuff they do, so whatever. Um, yeah, and about, our audience is at about a 70. I mean, maybe if they can make Fable live up to the original promise, that'd be cool, but I'm not super excited about it myself either. Yeah, I feel the same. Um, let's see. Lots of people are finding piles of dead horses in Red Dead Online. 60, 66% of our audience thought that was pretty funny, but it turns out it was just a big glitch where people are finding massive piles, hundreds of dead horse carcasses. And they were logging in. Uh, it was kind of weird. So, me and Fish did not see any massive piles of dead horse carcasses in our time. So, thank, thankfully, yeah. Could you imagine all those? Uh, we we were in uh, Saint Denis. Could you imagine a pile of horse carcasses down in the stone streets of that place? Like, just sounds horrifying. Yeah, it'd be like um. You need to pull a hand solo, like in uh, you know, cut a cut the belly open. Is that Han Solo does it? Or is that Luke Skywalker? They cut the belly open of the thing and they hide inside of it because it's really cold. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with this. I thought I was going somewhere. Um, yeah. Messaging me in my phone. Shut up. God damn it. Who's it's Josh? It's hmm. blaming Josh. And... Hmm. I got it turned off. There's nothing on this goddamn thing. <sighs> Anyways. Um. My audience was nice. They said that Ramsey Bolton is uh, much creepier than me. So thank you, audience, for saying that. Um, and I had the picture of me holding the giant sausage. I hesitated to ask, but I wanted to see how people felt about the Game of Thrones finale because it's been a very, very heated week on social media. And as expected, it was split right down the middle. Um, right exactly down the middle. Just like most characters at the end of Game of Thrones. <laughs> Let's see. Pretty much. Yeah, there wasn't really a pattern in the voting. I was trying to see if it was like a lot of zeros and tens or whatever. Nice people that voted a zero. Get out of here. Get out of here with your zero. Your zero vote. Ugh. But um, it was interesting to see some of the. A lot of people messaging me about the fallout associated with that. I had an incident with a fan. Well, I wouldn't say he's a fan, I don't know, follower, who uh, uh, sent some crazy message that was pro-petition. Um, and Josh, don't, don't get me started, Josh! Hmm. And he hmm. sent, he, uh, he sent uh, some sort of message that was pro-petition about that, those million psychopaths that did that Game of Thrones petition. Um, and I was like, oh, whatever, that's fine, this guy's crazy. And I took a nap. And I woke up from my nap, and this dude was posting our private conversation on his Instagram. So, I was forced to bury him. Uh, and I didn't feel good about it. Um, but I did, because I finally got to meet one of those lunatics that was pro-petition. And, um, to see what their rationale was. And his rationale, of course, was they phoned it in and they're in a hurry to make Star Wars. So, that's the kind of intelligence we have out there. So, congratulations. Um... Jesus. But, uh, yeah, you you want to know something funny about that, Morgan? I'm going to come out and uh, reveal something to you. Not super. Sounds exciting, like a great reason I'd... to be anti-petition, since who who's who's going to be making this if 
they're already phoning their biggest hit in. Right. But Josh was streaming A Plague's Tale when you were sending us all of this. And uh, I was watching, and uh, I started messaging Josh while he was streaming. I was like, did you read the the WhatsApp messages and what Morgan is sending? And uh, we poked a little fun. It was pretty Mm -hmm. funny. Poked a, I was uh, you do cannot if you air just don't air my private messages. No, uh, I didn't say specifically. I didn't. I didn't specifically. Oh no, 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 not you. I'm talking about the guy that did it. Oh, um, okay. like I was just like, dude, you can disagree. Just don't m- make your messages private. Plus, his message made him look like a fucking idiot anyway. But the thing is that this is my stance on this whole thing. Because people know I'm a Game of Thrones freak, so a lot of people ask me about this shit. My stance on criticism is just have intellectual criticism, like. They're like I'll, I always tell people right up front. Like for example, my favorite character in the books was Jamie Lannister, and in the show, I think they did a, a pretty good job with him. Um, and his character arc basically was just defending the North from the dead to some degree, which which is cool. But it really seemed like they were taking his character to a direction to have some really sort of epic finale. Like even Theon Greyjoy who is nowhere near the level of character that Jamie Lannister is, he's got this epic defense of Bran Stark uh, with the Night King and stuff. He had a cooler out- exit than, than my favorite character. Um, so, was I, so there was things about it that were obviously disappointing for me, but I just, the level of, I feel like the internet has made it easier for people to just voice an opinion for just bad criticism. And I just, it just irritates me. Now, granted, if it's something I don't care about, then I'm just going to let the bad criticism float by me. Who gives a shit? Like a turd in the river, right? But on the that's wind, the whole point. they don't, they don't, they're not on rivers. They're, they roll by in the wind. It's kind of, that's a, that's a powerful yeah. wind. <laughs> shit in the wind. It's <laughs> like a spray. It's like I mean, a spray? I've heard of like in the wind, but you got Has venom taught you nothing? <laughs> oh, that's right. Like a, like a turd floating down the street. Oh, uh, God. So, like, that's, I've had a lot of people, most of the people that messaged me about it, even if we disagreed, had, had, you know, good feedback, and, um, and when you look at something like this, it's important to look at it as a whole, because things that mean a lot in this season, like, the dramatic moment with Arya and the Night King would not have meant anything without eight seasons of build-up, so it's important to understand the nature of what a saga is. So, I'm, I'm open to criticism, I think it's fun, I have my own for the series, I just, yeah. Yeah, I think I think there are a lot of things about the last season that were done right, but the story is not one of them. To be honest with you, um, not entirely. I think there are parts of the story that made sense and that worked well. Uh, obviously, what happened with Danny, I feel like makes perfect sense, and a lot of people are going to disagree, and that's fine. I just think that a lot of people, like you were with Jamie, were just disappointed in that's what the outcome was. They wanted something different, and it wasn't. It was never going to be that, you know. Uh, so people were just kind of disappointed in that. And I understand. I understand when when your favorite character does something that you don't expect or you don't like, it sucks. But you know that that doesn't mean you condemn a show. Now. I just think there were a lot of things that Morgan and I have talked about this extensively privately. I think because because the uh, final season was shortened, um, and you know that meant the story ended up being truncated. And 
I think sometimes that made sense, like in terms of Danny's arc. And in a lot of other arcs, I don't think it made any sense whatsoever. And I felt I felt like it kind of created this dissonance of like some stories being wrapped up well and a lot of other stories not being wrapped up well at all. Um Yeah, and I and I feel like it creates created a lot of fraction in fans' minds, and I get that. You know, cin- cinematically or um yeah, cinematically or you know, visually the show was stun the last season was stunning. I think the sound uh production, the audio production was well done. I think the actors and actresses were great given what they had to do. Um, I think a lot of things were done very well. I just think that there were a lot of things that the TV show dropped. There are. And unfortunately, we're going to have to hope that George R.R. Martin actually finishes the book so we can know what a lot of those things meant. And... It's just a hope, shame hope, that hope like he's eating his Wheaties and he's gonna keep kicking. So. Right. It's just a shame that you know, like we got. Granted, there were longer episodes, but we got six episodes when it felt like if they had done eight, they could have spent a little bit more time explaining a few things at least and giving a little bit better closure to certain things. So, well, um. It, it, I think that's a popular yeah. cons- that's a a consensus I hear. The one thing I would caution when I when I tell the people is um and if that's the way they believe then I'm not going to be able to change it. But it's important to remember that season 7 was not criticized for being too short. It had 7 episodes. This season had 6 and 4 of them were an hour and a half long, so technically if you add up the time comparatively, it was as if it had 8 episodes because 4 of them were an hour and a half long. Right. So you can make a you can make a case it, that it was longer than the last season where nobody complained. So I, that's the only reason I don't, but I'm not saying that they made great decisions all the time because they made decisions. And like you said, people are going to like them or not. But if you actually look at it comparison to last season, you can make a case. It's actually longer. Right. But the fact that it felt shorter is the problem. Like the fact that even though they're an hour and a half long, an hour, 15, an hour, 20 minutes long, the fact that the stories were so truncated, that clearly shows that they needed to spend more time. They needed more episodes to tie up a lot of the loose ends. Like there were certain things that they showed in the story in the show that they never explained whatsoever. Like if you remember like with the whole white walkers and the night King, that little symbol, what the hell did that ever amount to? What was the fucking purpose of that? Like, that was never explained. It, they made such a big deal out of it throughout the entire show that it just became nothing. Uh, you look at Bran being a warg, what was the whole point of that? I mean, it's such a big deal in the book. And they were showing it in the show, and then it just amounted to nothing. And those are two of many examples we could sit down and go into. This isn't a you know, analyze the last season of Game of Thrones or analyze it as a show as a whole. Just the point being is, granted, I get your point that the episodes were longer, even though it was six episodes. And if you look at it comparatively, it probably amounts to about the same amount of time or a little bit longer. But when you have that and you still don't answer plot points that you have been building throughout an entire series, that's a problem. And if 
you're running out of time because you have made it six episodes, even though you've extended the episode length to, and you don't have the time to fill in those little plot holes. That's a problem. Well, that, I think it's where a lot of people are going to, the reason they'll probably out this for you for till the end of time is because, you know, I don't necessarily look at them as plot holes. But I see it as they made decisions to remain vague or mysterious about certain things, potentially that, people wanted explained which is they made decisions to not wrap up stuff they invented just for the tv show well what what happens oftentimes and i anyone who's shay does a lot of writing and i'm finding this writing the next great american epic pokemon versus mortal Kombat, uh is that you oftentimes can you you find it's it's perfectly human to to write something out and then like maybe I'm sure they would defend it as well that was what was supposed to happen but yeah as a writer i'm sure you do tend to write yourselves into um, a couple, you know, I don't want to say walls, um, cause I don't want to speak for them, but I, I'm sure that does happen. I don't, I don't think any sort of writer would claim to be perfect in that regard. It's just, no uh, doubt. but, but like, like the brand thing, for example, I mean, like the, that was the whole reason the night King was chasing him down. There's a, there's a theory going around right now that he actually had warged into, uh, Daenerys or the dragon. There's, it's, it's meant to provoke uh, thought about that kind of stuff. So. All those, all those theories could have been done away with proper writing. Well, no, no, no. Here's the thing. A theory, All those you want, you want an answer. That, and that's okay. You, you're someone who wants an answer. You want to know, give, if Brand did that, tell me. That's fine. I think that's... I'm not... No, that's not the case. I, I think that you're assuming a lot of things. Because so far, Katana Zero has probably been my favorite game of the year so far. And that game leaves a lot of things unanswered. And I was completely okay with it. It's not the fact that I do or don't want answers. It's the way they leave things open-ended. If you're going to spend an entire, almost 10 years on a show, alluding to something to just completely drop it, that's not leaving it for the sake of mystery. Let's get that clear right now. That is what, not, what did you, that's what not did leaving drop? it for the sake of ambiguity you, like or for you to try and like figure it out. That's just poor writing. And that's, that's What did exactly they what drop? I told so you, you I, th- I just gave you two examples. So you feel like the brand about thing the was Because I don't... F- that like what was the purpose of them including that from the very beginning of the show until the end without giving any context whatsoever literally you know it wouldn't have been the greatest way to end it but literally all they had to say was like one person like sam would have had to just say like you know we kept seeing the symbol what did it ever amount to i guess we'll never know they literally, that's all they really had to say, and granted, it isn't the best wrap-up to something like that, but well, the, the, it ties up a loose end the that they opened for eight se- like for from season the, one. Like, it was the there since was, the beginning. Was, and, like, yeah, the spiral there's was other in things his, in the show, in and Brand's... you can't say that they left it there for mystery or ambiguity. You cannot say that. That is a, a shitty writing. That is what it is. And if, if you're, well, you're, you're going to no, establish that's... a show... That oh, no. answers things that is so in depth and thorough from the beginning, just to leave things ambiguous or mysterious at the end. That's not good writing. What what you wanted? That's no, not it has nothing to wanted. do with what I do or don't want. It's poor. Well, you writing. You don't get to decide what what's it. good writing. That's completely. I absolutely do as a consumer. I absolutely yeah. do. As every person, you, you no, do. saying that you don't get to decide what's good writing get means to just turn your brain off, idiot. It's just a no, TV no, 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 show. No, 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 no. I'm saying for him, he was not happy with the ambiguity. That's all I'm saying. It doesn't mean 
No. That it's, there's, no, there's first good of all, the ambiguity, symbol, and there's just bad writing, because they never had an answer made up in the first place. Well, that's... How do you know that? You, you're not sitting there with their saying you don't... It's fairly obvious. There's tons of stuff on the symbol, by the way. I had a long car. I'll, I'll send you the link, Shay. There's a whole bunch of stuff on the symbol you're talking about, so... I'm sorry that's for fine. the confusion. I've read, that's um, fine. You can send it to me. No, it's, it's interesting. It's, it's interesting. not just that. But... It's not just that. It's just, in general, that... They left a lot of loose ends. Some of them I'm willing to accept. Some of them I'm like, you know what? That's not a big deal. It is what it is. Like the Red Witch thing, it is what it is. You know, things like that. But other things where you allude to from the beginning of the show, the show that's so detailed just to leave it open-ended at the end. I, I, I just feel like just the ambiguity don't touch upon it. I just don't think is a sign of good writing. Well, I agreed with you until you used the term good writing. But I will say that the ambiguity... That, that's like my biggest pet peeve of this whole thing. Everyone's a screenwriter now. But I will say I agreed with you on the ambiguity thing. Like the, the Red Queen showing up out of nowhere. Like it was, they, left it, they left it ambiguous how obviously there's a reason why ambiguitous. she... Ambiguous. I I've uh, amb- nailed it. <laughs> they left it ambiguous why she showed I, up at the... Uh... I think that's just like, in, like, in terribly, like terribly insulting for you to like make comments like that saying like everyone's a screenwriter. No, I think that there has been unfair criticism, and I understand that you, as a avid fan of the show and the books for so long, you know you f- you feel a little bit more personal with it, and you take that to heart a little bit more than other people. But the whole point of art is for us to consume it and look at it in a positive and a negative light, an objective eye. And if I'm to look at it as an objective person not someone who is a fan of the show a fan of the books or someone who isn't a fan of certain things if i look at it from just a very basic writing standpoint i don't think it was the the ideal way or even a a competent way to finish so many stories that they had built from the ground up and as as people who consume art i think it's okay to judge in a in an objective way, um, even to obje- uh, to judge subjectively, I think that's the point of art: is what do we take away from this art piece? What does it say about but, our lives? What does it say about the world around us? So, absolutely, we should judge it, and we absolutely should look at it from many different viewpoints. So, to say that people are all of a sudden screenwriters, I think, is just I don't know. I think it's a little bit of an ignorant statement because that is the point of art. That it's, is one of the points of art is how does this piece of art speak to the world around us? And we absolutely just, should look at that. I just think it's dangerous to, well, I would say this because I agree with yeah, until, art is dangerous. We should uh, definitely censor it. I, That's I, the takeaway here. I, yeah, it's censor those boobies in particular. Not enough boobies in this season. People have been happier if there's more boobs. That's, that's the truth. Uh, I mean, because I agreed with you, generally speaking, on a lot of things, but I, I feel like the the great thing about Game of Thrones was always, especially in the early seasons that were also had issues, and the books, is that something you would, you would discuss it. Like, it wasn't like, I wonder, like, there wasn't all these interesting debates about things that had happened. People were just like, oh, well, that's dumb. They as writers suddenly don't, like, these writers who won these Emmys and have been invested in this for 10 years suddenly just either became idiots or didn't know what they were doing and then shuffled it out to the world. Like, if that's what you want to believe, go with God. I'm just saying that that is um, a very, I think, myopic way to view some of the reaction uh, to what this season had publicly. I, 
I think I think I can say something that'll kind of bring us together and then we can move forward. I think there are two things here to look at. I think it's fair to say that the writers, granted they had George R. R. Martin's help at times and other times they didn't. I think it's fair to say that they did a really good job recreating the world, keeping the story going, even when they ran out of source material. I think they did a pretty good job for the most part. I think they did a good job with the creation and the moving forward of the story. I think they just fell short of ending the story adequately. I think it's fair to say that they did a good job on the beginning and middle. They just they fell flat at the end. For some um, characters, you would say. Not for all some for, for, for some, some situations, for some characters, yes. Yes, thank you. Um, like, like I would agree with thing... you, Danie, Danies, I was fine with the yep. Hound and stuff, but some of them, yes. Some did feel yep. a little... Yes. Flat. Although the Starks they brought around full circle, yes. which is good. They did. They did. I mostly appreciated how a lot the I appreciated how two of the three Stark stories ended. Um I will say that. Uh the other thing I will say is basically I think there's a difference between discussion and just harsh illogical criticism. Um, not to, and this isn't to offend anyone by saying anyone's criticism is harsh or illogical. The point being is, I think there's a difference between going on social media and shitting on a show because you didn't like the way certain things turned out or ended, versus trying to create a discussion or add to, add a a well thought out logical piece to the discussion. There, you know, I've read some yeah. social media posts that talk about more eloquently than I ever could about certain things that were discussed or alluded to or put on screen in the show or in the books that were just completely disregarded in the final season. And they discuss in detail how these things happen. I think that's a good way of going about it. They're not criticizing it. They're saying, well, this happened and... These are all the pieces that led up to this moment for it to just never happen or for it to go in a way that just seems completely out of left field. Like, why why did we get to this point? Let's discuss it kind of thing versus Game of Thrones season eight was shit. The show was shit all along. Fuck your dragon show. I think there's a difference there. And I think that Morgan, you and I can agree. I think we can all agree. The discussion aspect is a lot more inviting and I feel like a lot more can come out of that. I think we can all come out of that realizing that, you know, the show was good for a lot of us and I think it sustained it being good for a while and I feel like some of those criticisms are just there because people were bothered or offended. So, I I think as a consumer in general and someone who liked the show, I can appreciate the discussion more than the criticism. Exactly. No, I agree with that 100%. And, you know, the ratings were actually going up, and I had somebody say that they... I had some of the most horrendous responses to that, that you could imagine. Just fill it in your head. Well, someone who hates the show but continues to watch it, just imagine what they would say. And I think that people are... I just don't like the... Dis- like, there's... Let's say you have issues. I had mine. I just don't like the idea of dismissing all the incredible things that this season had. I said it was some of the highest of the highs. Like, there was only one time in my life I jumped out of my seat watching Game of Thrones, and the lowest of the lows, when somebody caught a coffee cup 
on the set. So I I feel like it's just too dismissive sometimes. And yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and that's just... troubling. I can only imagine being a div- who, person who made this, <laughs> like actually right. reading some of this shit and being like, "Good God, this guy's even cheating." And- I, I don't. You know, it's funny to me when people were like. Oh, this show, this season's the worst. I mean, they caught a fucking coffee cup on set. It's like, they're like, I've been reading articles. Actually, they've had continuity errors in the show for years since the first season, since the pilot episode. They've had continuity errors, and for That's people to saying. shit on the final season because they caught a coffee cup on set. Well, you know what? That's what you, you were know, saying. Look at the Lord of the Rings, That's which what people I said. have been comparing the Lord of the Rings to, to the show. Have a heart attack because there's a coffee errors. cup. You were yeah, ready well, for heads my, to roll my, because of a coffee cup. Yes, I was having a comedic heart attack because I can't believe that it's like it's one of those like, like uh, you know what is it? The white whale or the unicorn? Where like I I can't believe that a coffee cup slipped by. It's not like I think they're idiots. I just can't believe it. I can't believe a coffee cup slipped by. You know what I mean? Like it's it's we're human. It happens. I just I was just in shock. I still am. No doubt, no doubt. And the fact that it was in such a clearly obvious area, area which is what makes it, I think, so shocking, to be honest with you. But, Middle of frame. I mean, no, that, that one, that one, that's what, yeah. Right. I just the Danny special. But no, I mean, I, to, to sum this all up so we can move on, I think that there were some things that were not so great about this season. Um, it wasn't, I, I can't say it was my least favorite season. There are a lot of like you said, Morgan, there, there, there were a lot of high points in the season. I think the lows are just so much more felt because it was the end. And unfortunately... Ends are tough. Ends are tough. What, everyone will agree and disagree on what points were high and what points were low. I think, I think the biggest takeaway is to shit on the whole series, the whole show, because it didn't end ideally or favorably or even some people adequately in terms of good writing to dismiss yeah. the whole show to dismiss all yeah that'd be like all that went into the over, show i feel is just yeah so wrong yeah that'd be like shitting over all over every final fantasy for having the last boss be three phases of someone who just wants all of his existence to end yeah or shitting on an m night Shyamalan movie because you don't like the twist well, Th- those only exist uh, for the twist <laughs> <laughs> Hate to tell you, <laughs> hate to tell you, there's some twists in there that aren't really twists at all. That's mm. that's what she said. As much as I love Signs, that's what she said, I do yep. love that movie. I know objectively, Signs and the, the whole yep. story of that is pretty shit. I mean, a group of aliens come to a planet that water kills them to a planet that is predominantly water. Well, I'm sorry. Somehow surprised. Well, you know what? That's when it also right. comes in cups. Tell that to somebody who feels like their significant other is they can't live with them, they can't live without them. Terrible metaphor. I thought this is a good way to sum it up, though. Um, Amelia Clark, and you did as well, Shay. I didn't mean to shit on your summing it up, but I'll get it, no, I'll get this get, out of my system, get. and then we never have to talk about Game of Thrones again. It'll be fine. Actually, Fish has been very quiet. I feel like we've been stomping all over Fish. I'm so sorry, Fish. You're you're my Game of Thrones buddy. I, I okay. I'm just getting so heated, and me and Shay yeah. run back and forth. And right. I'd oh. love to hear your your takeaways okay. on the final. Anything season? you want, uh, whatever. You've just heard us ramble back and forth. Just tell uh, me. You know what? I I enjoyed it for what it was. Um, I do. I 
I'm not against those people who signed those those petitions because those are people who avidly love the show and okay i'm cutting you off i'm cutting you off all right (laughs) (laughs) no i i i mean i i get what they're uh, i i understand them i i don't necessarily agree with them but like i don't know if they're i don't think it's possible for them to get another no they're gonna have to wait 30 years to get a good Right. Game of Thrones, just like we had yes. to wait for Lord of the Rings for 30 years after they kept trying in animation. Yes, right. Yeah. And, yeah, so, like, uh, I, I mean, eventually those people will be yeah. old and they'll get to have that moment, but... like, Yeah, Un- but, unfortunately, uh, most of the world will be, you know, below sea level at that point, but but mm-hmm. if somehow we make it, maybe maybe they'll finally get the Game of Thrones they're looking for. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, it, it if the last me, book like, is finished by then. Oh God, I hope what, so. What was the highest of the high for you? What was the highest of the high during the season? Um, uh, the long night. I guess that episode. I think that's what it's called. The long night where they they fought the the undead um armies. Um, the lowest of lows, like. Uh, now that the episode has, or the whole season has kind of sunk in with me, like, I I kind of don't agree with the person on the throne, per se. I, I don't want to do spoil anything, but, like... We've already spoiled the fuck out of it, man. It's been oh, spoiled. Uh, no, okay. No, nah, that's fine. If you don't want to, you'd be I, a... Well, I, I feel bad for Hodor, honestly. <laughs> Hodor died to get him on the throne, goddammit! Uh, yes! <laughs> I feel terrible for that. Uh, and, like, I just don't agree with him being on the throne for that for some reason, even though, you know, the other people have done some more did you shittier want? things. Um, who, who would you have liked to see step on the iron? You know what? Like, I've seen, like, I was, I've seen, like, these screenshots of, like, Jon Snow uh, on with Egret on top of the wall and like they're sharing this moment and I forget what episode it was if it was like the last episode of the season or whatever but like I remember that moment thinking like at, at that time when I watched first watched that I was like man wouldn't that be cool if fucking Jon Snow was on the throne and like eventually like they started building it up and like you know part of the fun was like kind of guessing where each character was going to end up in the story and like, it, I I understand a lot of people would get butt hurt at the end of this season, or the, the season finale, not seeing you know certain characters evolve the way they wanted to, or had speculations of or theories of where they were going to end up doing, or who was going to sit on the throne. And um, me personally, I wanted to see Jon Snow on the throne, but. Um, and it seemed like there was, like, so many obvious... There was, like, a good handful of characters that could easily be sitting there. Um, it was just a little... It just seemed a little weird that, you know, Bran Stark is the one chosen at the very end by a guy who's essentially a prisoner. Um, but yeah, I understand he's, like, a big pivotal character in the whole story but um for me it's i I take it for what it is um Tyrion blinded them with his 
beautiful tongue. His, his <laughs> great speech skills. I'm a prisoner, but I'll decide your king for you. The crippled right. boy. Well, you know, he's trading yeah. his wheelchair for a throne, so. Fortunately, mm. a throne's gone, so. Yeah. Uh, and it, yeah, and the, the beautiful way I wanted to end it was just Clark, who played Daenerys, was right on the edge. And I think she sums up how maybe a lot of people feel whenever they, they told her about all the backlash to the season and the episodes. And, and, you know, she hears a lot of it, the good and the bad. And she said, you know, I, she played Daenerys. She said, I would have loved to see more scenes between Grey Worm and Missandei. I would have loved to see a bit more between Cersei. I felt like there was, you know, the genocide that was there. That was always going to happen. I just think more dissection in those beautifully written scenes that the boys have between characters that, um, that we are more than happy to contently sit there and watch 10 minutes of two people talking because it's beautiful. I just wanted to see a bit more of that, but I'm in no position to critique the geniuses that have written eight seasons worth of wonderful stuff. And maybe that would have made people happier. Who knows? All right, let's talk some video games. That was your Game of Thrones minute. I feel better. Uh, let's see if we can pull Josh in here because we're just rambling around him while he's typing stuff to us. Um, what does it say? I've only watched what? I didn't see that. Somebody re- read it. No, I was just saying I've seen just the first season and it was kind of obvious that was who was going to end up on the, fr- on the throne. Yeah. Yes. I think so. To a degree. Although I posted mm. a theory on Instagram, go check it out, fish. Uh, ban the brand, the burn. I did, I did see that. Yeah, I'm like, I feel even more bad about you know that person being on. <laughs> yes. Well, that's what Game of <laughs> Game of Thrones is about. Feeling like shit. God damn it! They made me feel too happy at the end. <laughs> it that's is. Problem. Everyone was too fucking happy. No, like I, like I could tell from the way the logic of that universe worked that the person who's going to end up on the throne was someone who, you know, just. Could have at any other point in time been collateral damage. Yeah. For an actual conflict elsewhere. Yeah. So, yeah. You look just, at just, like just, Tyrion. That's and... that's that's kind of. I felt like that was the message. Yeah. Right well, from the and... right, right, right from the get go there. So. I'm like, and in the who, books, brand fits yeah. that bill. Best and. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and in the books, Bran has the weirdest fucking journey into the tree of life and all shit. Um, so, Josh, you have been playing Balls Deep in Rats. Uh, it's a new <laughs> new independent game. No, A Plague's Tale. Um, I, I should have got it in VR. Really, I yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that sounds real fun. You just with the, uh, throwing the rats out with, of your... With, 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 the, uh, with the dongle. Get these fucking rats out of here. Um... <sighs> Interesting. I've I've had some thoughts from viewing this and your stream and some other things, but I'm curious how you feel about it. Because uh, it seems like people are pretty high on it in some cases, and in other cases, the biggest criticism I've heard is that just the gameplay is super simplistic. But what's your takeaway so far? Yeah. Um, it's good. I think the gameplay needs to be simplistic because it's basically just a narrative game. If you were to get stuck in it at any point, mm-hmm. not being able to move forward in that narrative would get really frustrating really fast. Mm. Um, like basically every death I had on stream was due to just kind of screwing around and, you know, hamming it up there. But it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's fairly straightforward. Um, the biggest complaint I had right off the bat was that like the animations felt kind of wonky from the beginning. Um, 
just the way the camera was falling you over the shoulder and stuff. It just it just kind of felt off. Um, and I think part of that is just due to it being a lower budget game, and so like they have good enough animations when it's a cutscene and stuff like that. But like a lot of the extra systems and tons of extra animation to make everything feel completely smooth that we've gotten used to in most AAA games, that yeah. sort of thing isn't here. Um, but yeah, yeah, I've I've been enjoying it so far. I, like, is the art direction besides... the the strongest part of the game? Would you say, or the narrative? Hmm. Because I because I mean I get. It's hard to say so far. I, I don't know exactly where they're going. Like, the intro, the narrative isn't the strongest because they're. It's it's a. Alternate history sort of a thing. Like it's sent set in France, you know, during the Inquisition. So they're giving you a bunch of stuff, that. You have a reference point for. So like right from the beginning of the game, I'm like, okay, I know exactly where all this stuff is going. Um, like, this character is going to die, that character is going to die, that one's almost going to make it and then get killed for you. Like, it's just, like, you can see it all coming, except that it's, like, kind of the supernatural retelling Mm. of it with, like, say, for example, there actually were demons during this period where there was all this, you know, uh, just suspicion of everyone and... Is everyone being paranoid about everything? Like, what? What if there was a real threat? It's kind of it's interesting. Um, well, they- and so like theoretically, the narrative could go in really cool places from where it started. Although it started a little a little weak, but yeah, like, um, I- the art style is really cool. Like, I don't know exactly how they managed to put that many rats on screen, but yeah, you're right. The the just just seeing that mass of rats swarm around you is it's really terrifying. striking well, what about the zombies and days gone Ter- <laughs> watching you play it on the stream just watching those moments when you're in like the caverns or the catacombs or whatever area i think it's catacombs actually but mm-hmm. yeah they, it just it was really terrifying to see all those rats just like jumping all over each other and that swarm to try and wait and attack you when you yeah. got when the light went out that was that was very Rat-tick. well done Best rat yeah. tech in the game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Best rat tech. Absolutely. Like this is this is what I wanted whenever I saw the uh, uh that Resident Evil trailer. <laughs> That's a Resident Evil two E three reference, if in case you're mm-hmm. lost. <laughs> <laughs> from from their yeah, their their rat trailer. Still still I'm not able to play as the rat though. So hopefully hopefully we'll get that game eventually. That's the sequel, a rat's tale. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um do you is the main antagonist like that guy with the cool like cross mask thing? Uh, I don't know. I don't know what direction they're gonna take it. I assume so at some point. Um, I don't know. I don't know what direction like, they're we'll direction even have they're like going an, with the story yeah, yet. Like it, a traditional antagonist, yeah. so to speak. I don't know. I've I've heard mm-hmm. that even though some of the people are I, look. This is stuff I read. I'm this is not my opinion because I don't like to absorb other people's opinions as my own. But I have heard that the last encounter. Like, some of the boss fights I haven't heard great things about, but I've heard the last boss encounter is really cool. Um, so, sounds hmm. interesting. How is it supposed to be, like, a pretty short game? Like, 8 to 10 hours-ish kind of a thing? Uh, yeah, yeah. I think it's, like, 
around 10-ish, kind of, give or take a bit, but yeah, that, that ballpark. What's your biggest uh, detractor so far, just maybe that it doesn't feel super smooth, like with a AAA budget kind of thing, or is there something else that's kind of... Um... Interacting with humans, like the the, the stealth aspects, mm-hmm. I don't feel add a ton. Well, the stealth in particular, mm. like the times when I've been running away from people have felt fine. Like, just, you know, it's fairly on rails. You're just kind of going down the only path they've left open for you. Um, but the stealth itself doesn't feel Sneaking great. Around it's it's just okay. really really basic stealth. Um, Is it like those Spider-Man sections where you'd play as the... Remember in Spider-Man they had those alternate sections where yeah, you'd play as like... No, it's not, it's not even that good. Um, oh, wow. It, it feels really kind of like a PS2-era stealth game for the most part with, with the mm. difference that since it's a modern game and draw distances are significantly farther... You have to pay yeah. attention to a lot more because somebody can see you. It like it. It's a stealth game that makes sense. Like if somebody, if you can look at somebody and clearly they can fucking see you. Like I can see you looking at me, then they can see you. Yeah. Um. So sight lines are really long, <laughs> um, and it just it it plays differently because of that. Which like it's the stealth mechanics are really old school, but because they're allowing those ridiculously long sight lines that are actually pretty neat like not a lot of stealth games do that that's that's something fairly new having people be able to see you from forever away yeah it's kind of a hard thing to grasp like exactly how to overcome some of the challenges and it yeah it's 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 like oh my god they can really see me like if you could really Mm -hmm. see someone yeah this is always tricky in a game because you always find yourself fighting in your head like do you feel like the enemies are too smart or not smart enough you know what i mean yeah. Yeah, and I don't, I don't think it's terrible. Like it's still functional, it still works, but I do feel like that's kind of the weakest part of the game at the moment is just those stealth sections kind of Yeah. They seem to slow you down in a similar way to like I was kind of saying that too many deaths would cuz even if you're playing slowly and don't get caught, well you you're slowing down a lot. So those stealth sections kind of I I, th- I think they just they're not paced all that well just because of the way they work in general. It kind of reminds me of like the you know game to game because like the first Metal Gear Solid those guards were idiots but it was fun it was like gamey fun you know. Yeah, um, well you could. The AI was one hundred percent predictable, like completely, yeah. and so it felt extremely gamey, like to to the point where you see on on the transition to two they made. VR missions, and the whole point was that these are AI. Like, that was the whole point. Yeah. Like, yeah. the exact AI that you were playing a real game against in the first game are now just the AI leading into the second game. Yeah. Um, and then, and two, they had the cone still, but it, they, it was cool. They made them smarter. Like, if you were hiding, they would, like, check mm-hmm. out lockers and stuff like that and look for clues and... It, it seemed revolutionary at the time, but I'm sure now it would be kind of silly. Yeah, it's still still pretty rudimentary, but yeah, yeah, it was a pretty big jump from the first one, which was, you know, just a top down puzzle game essentially. 
So that's what you're streaming. Are you going to stick with that on the stream for now? Yeah. Yeah, I'm planning on finishing that. I'm probably going to be playing that a couple other days this week. I was thinking about doing it this morning, um, but the kids just weren't cooperating enough to let me start streaming that um, this morning. But uh, yeah, like I, I don't want to wait to only be able to play it. I don't, I don't want it to take me a month to finish is kind of what I'm getting at because if it's a 10-hour game, I'm just, I don't want to split it up to a single session a week so i'm probably gonna stream it a few more times just like the big hitters because otherwise it would take like 10 weeks or whatever to do so Mm -hmm. that's the tough thing me and fish ran into speaking of which me and fish have been messing around with red dead online just to kind of see what's up with it um and but the idea was just we wanted a multiplayer game to play together for the stream because we've both been having trouble committing to a stream night so if we could commit to a night together, we could both knock it out and hopefully provide something fun for people to watch. Um, the first stream, I'd say, Fish, was kind of a shit show, but that's because we were unprepared. <laughs> we didn't know what we were doing. Yeah. Um, I didn't know that intro was that long. Uh, as far as like doing the getting online and actually having all the options available for you to actually play with friends and stuff like that. Yeah. Because... I didn't know this, but GTA Online, or GTA, uh, Red Dead Redemption 2 Online actually has a story to it, so um, they they introduce Why? you. <laughs> to, uh, it, it's interesting, actually. Yeah, um, I like it. I, I, I mean, it, it's your own character that you make, and they've essentially made a story for it, in, in, as opposed to, you know, um, having... Uh, actual written character um which is fine for online i guess and uh gives you something to do uh other than just running around killing people and stealing horses and stuff like that so um i personally like that i think it'd be getting boring yeah because like i I don't know i would say I'm, i'm enjoying the story i'm not saying i'm in love with it but i just haven't experienced enough of it yet like the big difference i've noticed fish and josh is that i think shay's still gone i don't know um is that the stranger missions are still well voice acted voice acted and, and animated and stuff, but they seem a little more like fetch questy stuff. Um, right. But there's these missions, Josh, that are kind of interesting that we started to get, well, we did one on my game cause I was farther and I don't know if we have to do a couple things to get back into it. Uh, there, yeah, these judgment scale missions, basically it was like a, there's only one me and fish did where you did it's a typical shootout kind of a thing. Then we had to track down these two guys after the shootout, but it was interesting cause they went different directions. So me and mm. fish were like in a party, but we both tracked them down differently. And then we, yeah. we put them on a railroad track and I'll let fish mm-hmm. take it over from here. That's where it got interesting. Yeah. Well, whenever they split up, you were like, all right, I'm going to take the guy on the right. And I was like, okay, that leaves me the left. So, um, you had the. Yeah, the lasso them off of the off their horses, and uh, um, you carry them up to the railroad track, and you meet up with this guy who essentially wanted uh, his paintings from them. Uh, apparently, they stole the paintings, and uh, uh, he figured they knew the whereabouts of where they were at, um, and he left uh, us to decide the fate of these guys by throwing them on the tracks and. Um, you can actually see the train yeah. barreling down down mm. the tracks, and you're just like, "Oh shit!" 
these guys are about to die <laughs> well, the- just because they, they stole some paintings for this rich ass motherfucker. And, well, me and, and Fish like, like looked at each other. We're like, what do, what do you want to do? I don't know what he's do here. It's like a real scenario. We're like, I don't know. I don't really want to kill him, but it might be <laughs> right. interesting. We, we, <laughs> yeah, we had like a little dialogue there with ourselves, essentially in the story. And like, eventually I was just like, you know what? I don't want these guys to die just because they stole some paintings. That's fucked up. I don't want to be the guy who kills them. So it's like I, I 100% would have stolen those paintings had someone else asked me to first. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Well, it's <laughs> it's weird playing the um the online story because it reminds me of like those older games that we played uh, in like the mid 2000s where they were like, really ambitious story driven games, but your character was just a customized guy that would nod at everything like this. Mm-hmm. That's like, it's what yeah. it feels like, like. Master Chief. Yeah, it just it, well, I mean. Man, Master Chief would talk. <laughs> let's let's get him. Uh. Like but yeah, it's like it's just one of those. It's like a throwback kind of thing, which is weird. Here's your guy just kind of. But like it, the joke was, me and Fish made our Final Fantasy heroes Squall and Seifer in there, like I talked about earlier. So it's been kind of entertaining too. Um, I don't know if we'll regret that like ten or fifteen hours from now, looking like Final Fantasy characters. But I like my character a lot. I think it's kind of funny, honestly. So, um, I think it's the right choice. Make it kind of silly. You know, um, mm-hmm. and I still look forward to just like having like a fishing competition with fish rolling. They do this weird pay to win thing, Josh. And I might surprise you being a rock star game um, where you can just <laughs> spend gold to buy shit that you want, which is actually nice for me and fish because, you know, we just want like a short term fun investment here. Um, some of the stuff in that game is insane. Like this pair of uh, holster I wanted. It was like you had to be a level 99. I was like, level 99, you fucking high. Yeah. What the fuck is going to that? You know? Um, yeah, and the leveling was slow. I uh, hope they've buffed well, it, yeah. but it was ridiculously yeah. slow when Shay and I were playing. It feels a little faster. I, I guess. think. Yeah, we played for hours, and I think I ended like level two. It was like what? Yeah, yeah. Oh like, my god! It was ridiculously it was slow. Oh, like we weren't oh, we leveling to... at all. Like, I think we got you like start five. out at level five now. Yeah. Yeah. And and we leveled up, fa- and like the one thing I've noticed from playing it at the beginning and playing it now is like, I we didn't have a single technical. I didn't have a single technical hiccup the whole time we played. Everything ran great. Like even doing the multiplayer, like I don't a lot of the standard multiplayer rounds. I'm not really into. I'm just in a gun rush, which is like their battle royale thing. Me and Fish did find a fun way to try and trick the system. So anyone's listening to this and you come up against us, you're fighting two of us at once, right? So we invite each other into our gun rush game, which is like battle royale with like ten to thirty people, and it's like a smaller map, right? And it's like really like more intense kind of focused. And when one of us dies, we spectate the other people in the match and tell them where they are. So like, like Fish, <laughs> this guy's up the stairway. So and it didn't necessarily help us because you know we were still getting our bearings. We still kind of suck. You you still have to shoot them. Yeah, we still have to shoot them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. I was like, I knew exactly where they were at, Josh. Like, Morgan was spectating. He's like, yeah, they're underneath the stairwell. They're they're hiding behind the corner. They're looking this way. <laughs> Even with that information, like, some of these people have been playing this game or are just better and, like, I just don't, you know, grasp the mm-hmm. controls in the, in the game. You, and, you, like, you, you need and better hacks than Morgan. Yes. Hey. <laughs> hey. I hope it's not. It didn't see it. I finished the video today and the, the video, the lady was clearly shot him first, but it, it just takes time. You get used to it. There is some fucked up shit though. Yeah. Like people are complaining about these dynamite arrows. Like I had fish. He had the beat on this guy. He was coming up the stairs. It was still kind of tough because 
once fish got to a certain point up the stairway even knowing where the guy was the guy was hidden behind like a uh taking cover um and he as soon as he saw fish he took cover pulled out a dynamite arrow turned around and, went, and just yeah and uh that was all she wrote so the dynamite arrows seem i don't even know how to get them yet but they're probably pretty easy to get but they seem pretty divisive on the the red dead community because they're they're like a shooter yeah why why would they have rocket launchers in red dead that uh come on i mean these people did make grand theft auto josh so Mm -hmm. that's probably why i'm fine with it they just need to add helicopters in well it's it's weird like how it so there's some sort of counterplay it's it's only as long as they're made out of tumbleweeds tumblecopters it's it's weird because some of the i remember when i played a couple months ago i was finding multivs and throwing them stuff and and but i i don't know if every level is different or what but i don't know i I'm curious to do the story with fish just because it seems like there's a lot there and I've heard it gets kind of weird. And after doing the one mission we did together, seeing like how long the mission was and like the moral choices at the end, I'm kind of curious what they're going to do um, to to make that interesting. Because like if you were to just wander the world, like you pretty much have to make your own fun. So, I mean, mm-hmm. but basically the options for me there are shoot random stranger or go fishing. That's pretty much all I can do, and I'm, you know, I can only fish so much. So yep. it felt like at first I was like, "This feels yeah. really empty," and oh no! But then once I started doing the actual story of fish, I was like, oh, "Okay, okay, I, I see where for me the enjoyment would be." Because without that, without the story, I mean, I don't know. It doesn't seem as like insane as GTA, where you can get there with your friends and you're jumping on cars. And, I don't know. I mean, you know, what I mean, it's just a different kind of feel to the world. So I was like, "Oh no, this yeah. might have been." A- it just doesn't feel the same when your when your car can die. Exactly. Exactly. Kind of yeah. bleed out in in pain as it does at you. It's ex- well, I do like I do like the fact that you could jump from your horse to somebody <laughs> to your friend's. <laughs> you horse. fish ride back to back <laughs> on a horse, uh, like a lovely homoerotic couple. Yeah, I wanted, I wanted to leave my controller and not have to press A, so I just jumped to Morgan's horse, and I was like, all right, you ride us to the That's what it was about? <laughs> you motherfucker! You motherfucker! That's okay. It's like, I, I've got to go I'm vape. The Sorry. I'm the worker. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's exactly what happened. <laughs> that laziness will be the death of us. That's okay, though. It's uh, we're So it's experimental. We're still figuring stuff out. We figured out how to do a posse, which is basically an easy way to crew up with people to do missions together very easily. and um. We were really figuring out last night how to invite people to games where you're not into a posse. So we're still learning stuff, but with our final, if you want to see our final fantasy characters into hijinks on the stream, and we're going to probably do more of the story, um, we'll probably do that on the stream. So we'll see how it goes. Right now, I'm curiously optimistic, but I have no idea what to expect. So, yeah. Uh, really, it's my way of trying to trick fish into finishing the single player. Uh, Shay Genesis. Shay has returned from the bathroom, um, and he has returned to Shining Force. Gotta go take care of that backlog. <laughs> you just. I took care of the front log, mm. not the backlog, just the front one. Mm. Taking care of the front log sounds more like masturbation um shake it just so you've been streaming shining force with talking with our community i know the twitch has been kind of fun it sounds like people have been showing up bullshitting with you yeah yeah it's been fun um i mean i don't have too much to say i mean it's shining force i've talked about it plenty of times 
on this uh, podcast. Oh, in the back of the box. So. <laughs> it's Shining Force. I don't have too much to say. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Eight out of ten. I don't have too much to say. No, it, it's been great. It's it's different playing like by myself and sitting there grinding and doing all these things versus doing it with a group of people and just bullshitting with them. It makes kind of a makes the game go by a lot quicker. You know, the the other day, um, last Sunday when I was streaming, I was doing chapter two and um had some of our fans in there. Um and by the way, thank you to everyone who's shown up so far. I appreciate it very, very much. But sitting there doing it and then like it we we'd come on almost three hours and I still had one battle to do and I was like you guys want to do it or save it till next week? And they're like, oh, I'll do it now. And it felt like time just was flying. So it's been really fun. It's like a different, it's a different experience playing it with a group of people watching. You know, like I've played the game so many times. I've tried doing it in so many different ways, like beating it in different, uh, different ways to make it more interesting sometimes, uh, to make it have you tried, more fun. Have you tried uh, it... sitting on your hand first? Um, that, that's, that has to do with the front log, Josh, but that's not what okay, we, we moved past like that, that topic. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We're talking about <laughs> something else now. Uh, <laughs> but, um, no, it's, it's been fun just having a group of people to like, kind of talk about playing the game, like what you're supposed to do in each mission and whatnot. And, um, them kind of keeping me entertained. Uh, it's been it's been nice. Um, we've been sitting there just kind of bullshitting about many different things, both video gaming and not video game related, and it's been really nice. It's been a fun um, experience so far. So I'm looking forward. Granted, this podcast won't be out by then, but I'm looking forward to doing more streaming tomorrow. Um, we're gonna be doing it, getting into chapter three, and that's where the game really starts taking off. The first few chapters are good, but chapter three is where the game really Re- you really start getting into things, so I'm really are excited. You, are you doing like a um, like a? You have your laptop next to you with the Twitch on it, or how you how you communicating with people? Yep, 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 yep. Uh, so actually, on the on my TV, it just shows the chat, um, of what people are saying, um, okay. that way, so I can see what people are saying. And yeah, I'm able to respond pretty quickly, which is nice. That's, I actually kind of feel bad because like they'll type me a message and then like I immediately respond and, or I'll ask them everyone a question and you know, they have to type everything. So I sit there and ask a question. I'm waiting like a minute or two for everyone to get their typings out. It's kind of funny, but um, yeah, it's, it's been an interesting experience trying to balance like keeping it entertaining as well. Cause you know, I've never really done Twitch streaming. I've done it here and there, but not to like a consistent group of people. So it's been interesting. Yeah. I've been getting better at that slowly. It it is really fun when it's alive. Like I know for me, the biggest issue I have is I just have one TV in my room, and like, um, the uh, Twitch app always. I just feel like that app's just trash. I never get it to work properly, and just going to the like. So I'm frustrated because I know the proper setup for streaming is you want to have two monitors. So, um, I always feel like I'm really missing the discourse with people. Like when me and Fisher streaming, I'm having him like check comments and stuff, so that helps. But um, you really need two monitors of some kind, otherwise. It's not fun, not a fun thing. Um, yeah, so I'm glad to hear I, it. Sounds cool. I I don't mind it. It's just the the thing is, I don't think we're experienced enough either. There's like a lot of little things we can do with it, and 
and we haven't had enough experience to sit down and finagle with everything to make it better. Well, I wish that they would just pull up the comments on my Xbox. Like, I just, like, when I'm playing the game, I just wish the comments would show up so I could briefly just boop, and then I could respond to them. They yeah. don't do that on so Xbox. So people control you by having it show their comments instantly, live on stream. What? What am I missing here? What are you talking about? If you're streaming on the Xbox, and the comment shows up on your Xbox, it's on the stream. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, so I'm saying it's that's why it can't do it because you're saying it would get in the way of the visual representation of the footage, yeah. right? Well, yeah. there are a lot of streamers who do that and just have the comment stream on air, but you kind of have to have the right community for that. Otherwise, you're just going to get constantly trolled. And uh, since we well, don't have a moderator there to block people constantly, I that's I just don't. more trouble than it's worth. I would like to try it because that's yeah. my I mean, I display the comment the comments and it goes through the feed and I've had no problems. I've had no one trolling me so far and it seems to be working fine. Okay. Maybe this okay. week I'll try not having them on there and see what everyone thinks. It's been nice for me cuz I don't have to sit there and glance at my computer to see what people are saying, which see? is nice yes. cuz that that allows for the okay. steady flow of conversation. Um, which I like, but yeah. we'll see. I'm going to play around. Yeah, yeah. Or we could team it up like Fish could try that. Well, no, he wouldn't. Me and Fish have been do t- doing it in tandem. Like, wait, I don't know when he's going to get his headset or, or his my, um, webcam, but the idea is that we alternate, so it's not always my face, and then we can alternate back and forth. Until then, we're playing together, but it's going to be my screen, but I can have him reiterating comments from me. So, um Tag team it. Woo! That's fair. Uh, so what's the deal? So how, how much time have you put into observation? Um, I've probably gotten to about the first hour, a little bit past that. Like the last two nights, I've come home, I'm super tired, and I sit down and I try to play that game, and I fall asleep. It's a weird game to play while you're sleepy. Like there's some games you can mindl- mindlessly play, that game is definitely not one of them because it's a suspense-oriented game. Yeah. Um. So, this morning, or a little bit last night, and a little bit this morning, sat down and was playing. And to give you guys just a little bit of background, um, the story, like the story, thrusts you in. You are the computer on a, this AI on a space station. You're like the computer AI, and the 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 game starts with you kind of being told um what's happening by one of the astronauts on the space station and something has happened you're starting to see like dead astronauts in the space station and the power's out and you're trying to um turn the power back on the space station and you're trying to figure out what's going on but this ai is having these like intermittent flashes and these words keep popping up on the screen so you go through this kind of initial thing and then about 20 to 30 minutes in you break into the title screen and from there you're trying to figure out what's going on and something's going on with you the ai and it's caught you're basically it's alluded to at the beginning and then kind of made 
at the forefront that you're the cause of what's going on with the space station. Basically, it's supposed to be orbiting Earth. And when you guys finally see the view screen or you get out to view what's going on around the outside of the space station, you guys are at Saturn. And you're not supposed to be that far out there. And it's only the woman and you as the AI. And you're trying to figure out why, like, why did I, the AI, push us out there? And all of a sudden, um, and this is where I ended at, there's this, like, this flash on the screen and the, the female astronaut hears this unbearable sound. And then all of a sudden you see this big black, um, like it looks oh. kind of like a black hole. Oh. Um, and it's like this geometric shape. I'm pretty sure it's a hexagon if I remember correctly. And it looks like it's just like a void and you're inching closer to it. And it's like altering your, your, your ability to function kind of thing. And it's been an interesting game. It's very suspenseful. Um, has a little bit of puzzles in it. Not, not too many. It's, it blurs that line between interactive game and movie. It really does. The, 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 when you get to the like title screen, it's like a title sequence for a movie. And a lot of times you're kind of spent in dialogue or watching what the astronaut is doing as you being the, the computer in this space station. It's really, really interesting, and I'm enjoying it a lot so far. It's a very different take on a way to play a video game. So I've had a lot of fun with it. The, the sound production in the game is very well done. Um, Does that have music I like think. a traditional soundtrack? or? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it has more like suspense soundtrack. Like the... Uh, the title sequence music was fucking awesome. It's like really? okay. typical suspense thing, but it had this like very dissonant guitar intermittent in there. I loved it. Yeah. Um, the voice acting is well done. Uh, she, <laughs> it's kind of funny. Like when you fuck up something, like when you're trying to do something, like it asks you to do various prompts and you fuck something up. The female astronaut will be kind of condescending to you. Like, come on, Sam, figure it out. Like, we don't got a lot of time. And you're like, bitch, I'm trying. Fucking chill. Like, I'm trying to get this done. Like, it's, you're like, you're feeling a lot of anxiety because you're given a time limit to get something done. And then she's like, come on, figure it out. Like, hurry up. And it it adds to the, to the stress of the game. So I like, I like a lot of what's going on so far. The pacing has been really, really, uh, not efficient, but it's been, it's been good. I, I can't think of a better way to put that. The pacing is well, well done. And I, I'm really enjoying the game so far. It I was, feel bad that I it's... I had some extra money on my PlayStation. I'm good. glad I had the money to just pick it up. Uh, and then it did not go into the backlog, which is funny because... Nope. Um, a lot of games... It got priority over some older games. Isn't that kind of comical? Uh, um, yeah, well, it's, it's, it's kind of like what we were talking about earlier. It's a shorter game. It's what people are talking about right now. It's a space game, which I love space. Yeah. You guys know that. So um, it's it. And it was something that was very unique. And I figured one of us, one of the four of us needs to play it and talk about it. Um, it's a very different game from anything I think any one of us have ever played. So it's something I'll that someone it needs it might to be... talk about. Let me look into it. It might be up my alley. Um I feel bad the name is going to get it, I think. I kept thinking it was Observer, which is a game that came out last year that also kind of got passed over. I just feel like the name Observation is just going to be 
Everybody's just gonna kind of get lost in the shuffle, which sounds like it would be a, a shame if it's actually pretty cool. So, I just feel like I don't. I don't think. I just haven't heard anyone talk about. It. That's what I'm saying. I, I, you know? I don't. I think the name perfectly fits what you're doing in the game, and I like if people if people pass it up based off the name, <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> I'm, you know, like. If that's all it takes for you I, I don't to pass think pe- I don't think people do that. I, yeah, I just mean like it's it's needing help to kind of stand out. Like when like for example, I when you mentioned it, I had to Google it. And I'm pretty in touch with things, and um, granted, I've been a little busier lately, but I hadn't even heard of it. And then there it was. I was reading some stuff on it, and it you know I was trying to get a good grip on it. It's like the first couple of reviews were saying it was one of the best things of the year, and the next two were saying it was not so great. And I was like, well, what the hell is this game? I've never heard of. You know what I mean? Like so I. I'm curious. Right. Curious. It's I'm You know, I I you know, it's interesting. I've been trying to spend a lot more time this week being more active on our Twitter, um trying to get more content flowing. I'm trying to not be such a grouchy asshole and just actually try and make that platform be more interesting. And uh I think it's Patrick Klepik what actually had posted about mm-hmm. the game. And I was like, "Okay, I'll 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 read about it and he was talking about it and on his Twitter feed and so I started reading about the game and it made me interested. So I think that's the way a lot of indie games yeah are going to work now. It kind of goes back into our E3 talk a little bit. Is word of mouth is going to be how a lot of these games are how they fare, I guess, so to speak. And so for for me it's like, oh, if I enjoy this game, I can tell you guys and I can tell all of our fans about it. That way, more people are interested and go out and buy it, uh, especially since we have a platform to do that. So uh, I've, I've I, really um... enjoyed the game so far. And uh, honestly, I think I think Josh for sure would like it. Um, Fish, I don't know. Fish is always like a mixed bag. I can never figure out what, what Fish likes. Mixed um, bag of dicks. All right, and I uh-huh. think I think Morgan, I think you'd probably find find parts of it interesting, and you'd find it probably a little bit boring as well. Well, I couldn't get into the one that, Just given your personality, yeah, but I do love space, I love sci-fi, and I love horror. Not horror, I love horror. So, mm. cool. I think you like both. <laughs> ah, you know me. Um, yeah, I'll look into it. I'd like to be able to talk about it because it does seem up my alley. How much was it? Thirty bucks? I think it was twenty five actually. Hmm. But if you like, like I said in the chat, if you want to, you want my information so you can play it. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. I mean, like you can play it while I'm asleep. That's no problem. (laughs) I love to play with it when you're asleep. Um, So it takes us way back, doesn't it? Twenty five dollars. What am I find? What do you just find me, Josh? What is that? Um, <laughs> he's just said twenty dollars. He's not. Talking. It's on sale currently. Oh, twenty five at the Epic Store. You can get it for like twelve fifty with the discount. <laughs> Josh, this, okay, yeah, I got gotcha. you. I'll tell you about that. It was funny, funny aside after the podcast. Um, cool. Sounds interesting. Observation: You're getting it all today, man. We got all bases covered. I did want to say before we get to our Patreon shoutouts that um. Oh, so what I about don't... what about Walking Dead? Oh, you tried to. Oh, fuck! I got a ton of shit. Okay, do we still got more show, guys? Everybody, relax. Everybody, relax. 
Um, I, was, <laughs> I, uh, I was just looking at my list, and I keep forgetting. That's my fault. I'm always forgetting the walking. Um, I was going to say that, God, every fucking time, right? And he tells me every time, too. And I'm not doing that to piss him off, but now it's like a funny joke. Accidentally. Um, a lot of... Uh, anyways, I was going to say a lot... Some people messaged me because they were giving Final Fantasy XII a shot. And I'm always, it's always a little weird for me whenever someone listens to our show and they decide game, um, because you sort of feel like, oh, you know, there's a, I feel like there's almost like a little bit of an added pressure there. Cause like, oh shit, like I might've convinced this person to give this game a shot or something. And that's okay. I just think it's something that you gotta get used to. Cause you know, people are going to learn about things or maybe be interested in things when they try it. But I've had a handful of people message words that they've got given Final Fantasy uh, 12 a shot on the Switch. Um, so I was just going to say two quick things, and Josh ran away, which is sad, because he was the only person that finished it, to go to the bathroom. Um, so I'll just, if you guys just can pretend you know what I'm talking about, but the, uh, the interesting thing about Final Fantasy 12 as I continue to hack through it is, because I, I really gushed about it last week, and if you want to hear my full thoughts on Final Fantasy 12, check out the last week's show. Um, but I didn't really get a chance. I think my only criticism with the game is just the whole the game is pretty weird. Uh, and that's pretty minor. You know, like just the, the pacing at which you're moving through the game. Like sometimes it's like a long, sprawling area. Sometimes it's a very short area. Sometimes there's a lot of um, exposition. Sometimes there's very little exposition. But it's very minor because, you know, the game itself is just such a joy to play. And I'm so invested in it. And I think for people who are playing for the first time, the Gambit system is going to be pretty weird because if you've never played it before, the game can feel very hands-off. You know, like, it's you can pause the combat at any time, but it's mostly about pre, um, pre-programming your team to input commands beforehand. So what I would tell anyone is, like, for example, the way I play the game is I go with very little Gambits. I have one person that heals, and all my team is basically, they're told to just attack what I'm attacking. So... It's it's very different than I think the way a lot of people play Final Fantasy twelve. I saw this guy on Kotaku, he had like fifty gambits going or whatever it was at once. And what I tell the people of maybe if they're a little overwhelmed is I just use like two or three gambits, literally. I have like one cure and then I like to jump in there and do stuff myself. Like if I see someone get poisoned, I like to pause the combat and poison and, and use an antidote myself. Or like today I was fighting a boss that kept buffing him. I like to use the dispel on him to buff it. I like to get in there and have a little bit of agency uh, and just leave like the basics of attack to the gambit system. Uh, and I really love it, but it's very strange if you've never played it before because it feels very hands-off. Um, so what I would tell anyone who's never really played Final Fantasy 12 is if you're getting into it, just go with like a couple basic gambits. You know, have everyone attack what you're attacking and maybe have one person that's set to heal at a certain percentage, like if you're at 50 or 30% or whatever. And just kind of ease your way in. Um, but I'm still having a great time. Like today I beat a very difficult boss. It kicked my ass twice. And it was a lot of fun to try and get around him. And I think I'm in the, the home stretch. I One of the things that this made me think of that can be frustrating running the Instagram sometimes. And social media, you can't let it beat you down. Is I stayed up till like 2 in the morning making Final Fantasy video that I was very happy with. Using some new music. Because they actually composed 8 new tracks for Final Fantasy XII, the Zodiac Age. I didn't know that. I thought that was really cool. I was taking some music from YouTube and it said new boss theme. So I did some research and it turns out they wrote some new music for the Zodiac Age and it's fucking incredible. Um, but I stayed up till like two in the morning to make a video that I was pretty happy with to promote the show. And 
it's only gotten like 500 views or something, but sometimes, you know, you'll just throw something together and it'll get like 10,000 views. And it kind of reminded me of the frustration with uh, social media sometimes, but I try not to, you know, let that get to me. This is really just me venting at this point. But so if someone running, because one thing I've tried to move into now with our social media is if I'm posting a meme, because I've done a lot more memes over the past couple months, they've been some of our biggest posts. I really try to make the meme myself or find something that I feel like perfectly encapsulates our brand instead of going meme heavy. Cause you know, if you go to IGN, it's like 10 memes a day in most places, 10 memes a day. I don't want us to be that at all. And one thing that we used to really be about was a lot of creative content. Um, it is a little bit of a bummer sometimes if I stay up till two in the morning and it's like a very low viewed video, you just take, you take the good with the bad. Um, it evens out, but I hope if you get a chance, check it out. It kind of encompasses like some of my love for the music in this game and just the aesthetic and the characters and, and whatnot. So I'm definitely going to finish it. Nothing's going to stop me. And uh, if you're curious about Final Fantasy XII, I highly recommend checking it out. If you get stuck or anything, shoot me a DM, General Mountain Time or Sword Chomp. I'll help you out. Because like I said, my one criticism with that game, Josh, I don't know if you've returned or not because I can't see you. Um, my only oh yeah. no, you're fine my i'm back sorry yeah still yeah ff12 yes just yes. so i know my what one, the one criticism, one criticism is of Final Fantasy 12 and it's fairly okay. minor it's just that still just making a way around that game is still a little difficult i'll give you an example there was a spot in the game where i it literally told me that i need to go to a place that i could see on the map but could not there was a giant gap and i could not figure out how to get there turns out there was no indication to do this but it turns out if you get a chocobo you can walk through this tall grass and find these like weird secret pathways and one of those pathways was mm -hmm. to the place and here's the fucking part that kills me this is the most embarrassing thing i have to admit this i think this happened to me the first time i played it in 2006 and it happened to me again <laughs> yeah that was kind of a mechanic in that one that was not Actually, I can't remember if it was explained well or not. I don't remember them explaining it well, but yeah, there were secrets all over the place related to that whole thing. Like, and that was you'd plot. see something, was, but somehow yeah. only a chocobo can walk through this this particular grass. Weird things like that, and like they'll do, they'll do this thing that's nice because exploration in this game is what they want you to do, but it's also a very difficult game. So uh, mm -hmm. less difficult than it used to be. But they'll do this thing where they'll tell you to go to a location and you'll see it on your map and you have no idea to get there, but you just kind of have to guess. Um, sometimes it's more obvious than others and they just kind of you know, explore for maybe an hour and then hope that you're going the right way. And sometimes that's very gratifying. But that coupled with some of the things, I still think that it can be a little bit unfriendly at times. Um, but that's really it. I mean, I still think it's an insanely incredible, timeless game. I'm loving the hell out of it. But I, I literally got stuck at the same place again like 15 <laughs> fucking years later man i'm that, that i was funny. so mad i was so mad because whenever i whenever i looked it up online i was like i remember that fucking happening man mm -hmm. oh so i'm not afraid to admit it because uh, i think it's it's kind of frustrating design on their part because it's not like they're willing to tell you there's a little icon that says go here but they're not willing to tell you that that weird mysterious because if you the environments in this game in that one particular instance they're yeah. they're at times pretty but they have edges to them as old PS2 games do right so 
you could walk up to this edge that you were supposed to take the chocobo in and just think it was scenery. You know what I mean? It just looks like fucking, it looks like everything else. So yeah. you, you really have to get used to like certain cues and stuff. Um, and that was like, and there's like one-off things like that. Like there's this one section where you have to like walk around town and proclaim that you're Bosch Vandenberg lives and you have to like fill this meter. And if a guard sees you, it goes down and you have to fill it up all the way. It takes like 20 minutes or whatever. It just feels, they try these little things that feel out of place that kind of fuck with the pacing. So I think mm-hmm. the pacing still has some issues, but if you love it, which I hope you will, you'll get to it. All right. That's it. Any thoughts mm-hmm. on that, Josh? I mean, no, that sounds about right. That was that was the main issue from way back when. It sounds like they fixed an awful lot of it, but you know, there's still it's an old game. It's still going to have a few things like that that yes. are just growing pains. Like, yeah, it's just funny that no one caught that. It's like fucking coffee cup. Uh, I guess shade. There was something we were supposed to talk about. It's like a zombie. I don't remember. Walking. Oh yeah, that's right. A Walking Dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're supposed to talk about the new uh, walking simulator game. <laughs> hmm. I d- remember, remember yes. when Fish used to call No Man's Sky walking simulator, and I wanted to strangle him. Does anybody remember that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, well, I mean, it mostly is, unless you can find the fuel to to stop walking for a little while, <laughs> and then you can fly to a new it's, place. It's a jetpack floating simulator. Come on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, now we all have to shut up so Shay can tell us about The Walking Dead. Yeah, everyone, shut the fuck up. Penis breath? Um, yeah, penis breath. <laughs> How many zombies have right, penis so, breath? <laughs> Sorry. Alright, let me ask this. Before I delve into this conversation, do you guys want me to spoil the ending of this? Do you care? Yes. Should I not? Yeah, I think, to be fair, Spoil. I think you're the only person Spoil. in the world that actually is still playing the games, so I think you're safe. Probably. I'm yeah, like I think one I of gave five. up halfway through season yeah. two, so yeah, go ahead, go ahead and spoil it for me. Okay. All right. So, when you ended season three, basically, Clementine had um, encountered a younger child. His name is AJ, and she ended up being kind of like the adoptive parent taking care of him. Um, but you don't play as Clementine in season three. Um, basically her whole motive is this, uh, this group of people kidnapped him and she's trying to get him back and her goals kind of align with the main character, Javier, in season three. Um, at the end she does get him back, AJ. And so season four starts with you and AJ traveling. It's been a few years now. He's a little bit older. And basically you're kind of imparting all this knowledge um into into him like the whether it's good or bad is relative it's more of like what you think are good moral choices so that's kind of what season four's background is you end up finding this like this old like boarding school of these teenagers and uh younger children uh there aren't really any adults here and you guys are trying to create a community and there's this other community that um, eventually comes and kind of attacks you. Um, wants wants some of your wants some of the children for them for them to work uh, for this rival group. And one of the leaders of this rival group happens to be a character from season one, who she kind of was a bitch and abandoned everyone. Stole the RV. I don't know if you guys remember that from season one. I believe her name is Lily. 
Anyways, you re-encounter her, and she's still the same bitch that she was. And I don't mean bitch as in a woman. I mean a bitch as in she was a piece of shit human being, is what I mean. Uh, anyways, moving on. I don't want it to sound like I'm being derogatory towards women. Anyways. Just so, female dogs. Yeah, yeah, fuck them. But anyways, uh, so episode three, you get kidnapped, um, captured you and a lot of your people from the same little town, uh, little community. And uh, what ends up happening is the ship is on fire, and some of your your companions have escaped. Depending on what choices you have made, some of them have died. And so the final episode of the walk Telltale's The Walking Dead uh, is you escaping the ship, the burning ship with AJ, and you're trying to escape all the walkers that are flocking to the flame, and. Um, you guys are trying to escape, and um, you guys are kind of left trying to figure out the way to get back. Um, and you come across this cabin that you've seen earlier in the season, and what ends up happening is at some point between the ship and the cabin, Clementine gets bit. Um, she gets bit, and... So the the young AJ, which he's got to be between eight and ten at this point, he's obviously trying to save her. And there's a lot of parallelism in this final episode. It it sounds very similar to what happened with Lee and Clementine in season one. And yeah. um, basically, what what ends up happening is uh, you you end up doing this weird mechanic that I actually really loved is after Clementine gets bit, she starts having not having any more energy, like, she's slowly turning into a zombie. So they switch you to playing as AJ to do some things. And they kind of do this mechanic where you're playing back and forth as the two of them as you're trying to prevent the zombie horde from killing you. And um, they're building up all the suspense and whatnot, and it's basically alluding to Clementine's going to die. And you have to basically either do what what you have uh you have to do with AJ to Clementine what Clementine did to Lee either leave her behind or kill her and um I made the choice that I was gonna kill her because I don't want her to turn into a zombie and then you go to pull the trigger and then it fades to black and you have the sequence where. Uh, AJ finally finds the the school and he's slowly walking back and is being narrated by Clementine talking about, you know, how she just wanted to do right by AJ and make all the right choices for him. And you're seeing that the community's okay, that most of the other community was destroyed kind of thing. And you're slowly walking back into this kind of beautiful sunset. It's very well done. And you think that's the end of the game right there. I thought it was the end of the game. And then there's another sequence where they're talking about what the future of the community is and how um, everything how everything has panned out. And then, of course, Clementine is still alive. What ended up happening is AJ cut off her leg. And that was a little bit of a surprise to me. Oh, I thought that cop it, out. Cop out. You said to kill her and he didn't do it. Well, see, and that's what I—that it was a bit of a surprise to me. I—I kind of felt I—I I had hmm. I had this mixed mixed feeling of like, what the fuck, and then kind of like, as I see the way they ended it, 
uh, I was happy with it by the end of it. And um, basically, the community's okay, and um, they're going to continue, like, making it a stronger community for each other kind of thing, and that's how it ends. And that's the end of the, the series. Um, and by the end, you're actually playing as AJ, not Clementine anymore. And I really liked that choice. Like, hmm. what I like about the final episode is basically the choices you made from season one ended up impacting the very last episode of the whole series. Basically, the choices hmm. that you were imparting to Clementine as Lee, those choices end up shaping who Clementine became and the choices she imparted to AJ and who AJ becomes. That kind of continuity, I think, is incredible. For any video game, for any TV show, for any movie, book, whatever, that continuity is incredible. And especially in a video game format. was insane. It, it, in, in a positive way. I haven't seen that level of continuity since Mass Effect. Um, hmm. It's very impressive. And I, 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 feel, I feel kind of... I feel bad that a lot of people have given up on this series because they're not going to kind of get to see the end result of what happens. They're not going to see that that level of continuity. I think it's such a rare thing in video games and like a lot of art medium now. And it was very well done. Uh, the art style is still very much the same, just a more polished HD version of it. So whether you like that style, that cel-shaded style or don't, you know, it's completely personal preference. Um, I think the the sound, the sound production, the audio, um, not quality, but just the engineering that went into it was sufficient. I don't think it was incredible. I don't think it was terrible. I think it was pretty decent. It was probably, um, probably smack dab in the middle for me. I think the voice acting was incredible throughout the whole um final season but i really liked it in the final episode it's the same character so you're not losing anyone but the way they delivered their lines and their their dialogue and the emotion involved in it was perfect for me especially it being a wrap-up um to four seasons of a game that has spanned over seven years now um yeah. trying to see if i missed anything i think overall what i can say is I'm really happy that Skybound Entertainment decided to finish the game, give some completion, because after that whole Telltale debacle, I mean, granted, people were already kind of kind of falling off on Telltale games and the series in general, but there are people out there, I think, who still consider Clementine one of the best video game characters of all time. I think it's fair to say that she's up there in the top 20. Uh, I, I would venture to say that I think she's probably one of the top five female video game characters of all time, in my opinion. Um, I was talking with some actually some, some of our fans about it on the stream when I was doing uh, my Genesis Hour. I was talking to a few fans about it. She's such a very well-done character, such a fleshed-out character. To see one of the best video game characters protagonists in video game history not get an ending would have been a travesty 
And whether or not you agree with the ending, the fact that there's an ending there, um, I don't know. I think I think I think it was important. I think it was definitely important, and I think it was I think it was the right thing to do to give some sense of completion after that huge debacle that happened last year at Telltale. So I'm really happy that Skybound decided to take that on. I mean, they had realistically no reason to because how much money they're really going to make off that is probably peanuts. But they chose to take it on. They chose to give as many people as they could who lost their jobs during that time period their jobs back so they could finish those games. And I I just I want to commend like basically not just Skybound but anyone who worked on the game and who came back and finished it because this fan I appreciate the fact that they took the time to end the story. I think it was a really satisfying conclusion. Um if I'm looking at it just simply from the gaming perspective, not talking about what happened with the studio, that whole shit, I mean obviously there's nothing that could satisfy that. But the game as a whole, just the game, it was such a satisfying conclusion, and I'm just, I'm really happy that it got an ending. I'm really had that, You'd... happy that Clementine's story has a resolution, and it, for me, it has a satisfying one. You don't, you don't, so. the only thing I was going to ask you, because I think you summed it up pretty well, and obviously if I asked you too much stuff, I'd probably sound uninformed, but the only thing I was going to ask you was, you didn't feel cheated by them sort of hoodwinking you into that big decision to kill this primary character and then it all being sort of a farce, you didn't feel cheated by that? I personally didn't, know because in season one, when you have to make the choice as a young Clementine on whether or not to kill Lee, that was such a hard decision. And I've told you guys, like when I had to make that decision, I cheated. I paused the game, I just sat there for a few minutes and I'm like fuck this like god damn it I have to make this fucking choice and I don't want to make this choice and I I felt legitimate loss from that you know like having to make that choice because you know maybe it's like the more sensitive or empathetic aspect of me but like that young that young young girl needing (laughs) any kind of parental figure going through all the shit that she went through in season one, only to have that character be lost was such a difficult thing. But this time around, I felt more prepared for it. You know, I felt like Clementinus survived much longer than she should have. Realistically, in a zombie apocalypse, she survived through a lot of shit, playing through the four seasons. She's had a pretty damn good run. And I felt like it would have been kind of poetic in a way for her to die. And the fact that she's alive, that's cool. I mean, like, you know, it leaves it open for maybe in the future when, if somehow they could reintegrate those characters into a, um, whether it's the same IP or a new format. I mean, it leaves it open and it gives a sense that like, throughout the first few seasons, it really felt like, Granted, Clementine had some guidance, but she really was out there on her own. That this new character that you actually grow to like, or at least I did, AJ, that he doesn't have to do it alone. Um, that Clementine's going to be there to kind of guide him. And it, for me, it did, I didn't feel cheated. I felt kind of like, I felt happy about that, that 
AJ doesn't have to deal with a giant zombie apocalypse on his own, that he has the guidance of the one parental figure in his life so he can live a better life than Clementine did. And I think that's kind of um, the the optimistic side of me, I guess. I didn't feel cheated, no. Okay. Fair enough. Hmm. Um, yeah. He was yeah. just so happy that they gave him a Walking Dead game at all that he could not feel <laughs> I can't be mad at these people. They're making <laughs> this game for me. That's kind of true. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, yeah I, I, felt, I felt happy. By by the end of it, I'm I'm just I'm so thankful that Skybound took it on, and a lot of the people who worked on it came back to finish it. I really am. Um, I will admit that the game didn't quite have the same feel the last two episodes as it did with Telltale. It had a tiny bit different of a feel because it was a different studio, but I didn't mind it so much. And I think I didn't mind it so much because I was just happy that they're finishing the game. Um. Close enough, kind of. So I, I will admit, there's a little bit of a, 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 not a dissonance. That's probably not quite the right word, but it's the 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 feel of the two games. I don't know what what it quite is. Is a little bit different because they're two different studios. But I'm happy with the end result all the same. Fair enough. Cool. Yeah. Well, uh, it's been a. Cr- it's Thanks for letting me ramble cr- on about that. No, no. Yeah, I know it's important to you. Um, this has been a crazy ass show so if you've stuck in there for the whole thing hopefully we've helped half of your work day here um <laughs> uh before we get to our patreon shout outs to close the show i want to say that the shout outs you'll hear of course that's part of our tier we just want to we usually make a fun story or try to find a way to shout out people that support us if you go to patreon.com slash sword chomp you can find um, all the ways you can support us we haven't missed a podcast in more than two years you know we're devoted to this we love doing it um, if you're thinking, why should I give these guys my money? You know what I mean? Um, and everything we do, we've done just for, for the love of doing it. But if you fund us, it can help us grow in, in fun and exciting ways and helps when, you know, our, when my wife's yelling at me because all the time I'm spending a sword chomp, I can technically say, Hey babe, look, it's a third job. See, see, um, right. Yes. All right. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yes. I legitimately tell people when they're like, when I'm getting off work late Friday night, they're like, why don't you stay and have a drink? I'm like, I can't. I got to work in the morning. It's true. Oh, you have another job? And I'm like, yeah. 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 This is a like the fact that, you know, like the the amount of time and effort we put into this is, you know, it's I consider it. I, I mean, it's a fucking wonderful job. It's one of the best jobs in the world that I've ever had. And I think one of the best jobs in the world in general. But yeah, it's still I still consider it a little bit of a job. Absolutely. It's a company we created and there's income involved. Boom. That's what it's all takes. All right. Yep. So help us grow. Help us grow. Um, please, please, please. Uh, <laughs> Thank please, you. Please, please. Uh, our patrons are incredible. We're gonna give them a shout out right now. Like I said, we have the private VIP page for um, our five dollar tier, where you can see how beautiful fish looks as a woman, and much, much more. It's a great compliment to the podcast. So um, without further ado, I will hand the baton off to Professor Layton to guide us through these shout-outs as a special thank you to everyone that funds us on the Sword Chomp Patreon. The sun beats down on the lush jungle. The tree canopy shades the forest floor, allowing for a host of fauna to thrive. Insects skitter and fly on the ground, occasionally 
even flying from shrub to tree. Small mammals skitter to hiding places, fearful of the bigger mammals and reptiles, looking for a meal. Birds sing their songs, looking to identify their territory and attract potential mates. The songs echo through the jungle, both beautiful and terrifying. Precipitation lingers as the humidity is at a near suffocating level. The animals start to all flee, running and hiding in fear as a group of four people come walking into the small clearing. Sweat is beating from their brows and litters the ground. Their tan shirts and short cargo shorts are lined with a layer of sweat as well. Their boots are caked with dirt and mud. Their matching jungle hats protect their eyes from any sunlight that slinks through the canopy. Look, there it is, the cave. Finally, I can't stand this humidity. The Carolinas were never this hot. Wait, I thought you guys told me we were going to E3. Something has seemed wrong this whole time, but I just couldn't put my finger on it. Fish, you have the camera? Yep. Let's head in. Headlamps on? Jesus, this place is huge. That's what she said. That's what she said. (laughs) Up there, guys. The path splits. Fish, what are you wiping your head with? It's my sweat towel. It's fucking hot in here. Uh, Fish, you realize that's your sock? Oh, shit, really? Oh, well. Let's take the left path. I have a good feeling about it. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Guys, look at that wall. Hmm? There they are. There they are. Are those ancient pictures? Yes. The Amazonians used to inhabit the jungle in smaller villages thousands of years ago. About 700 years ago is when the Spanish invaded. These are incredibly, incredibly rare... Uh, Morgan, are you pissing on the wall? Yeah, yeah, I'm writing my name on the wall with P. These are ancient walls. This is a huge anthropological find. What the fuck is wrong with you? Look, man, I'm sorry. I drank too much Dr. Pepper 10 before I came on this trip, and I have a very tiny bladder. Wait a, wait, wait a minute. There are lines of text on these walls. I can't read it. Can any of you guys read this? Hmm, I can. Give me a few seconds. It looks like they're names. Nice. Okay. Well, can you read them out? I'll read what I see. Kane. Corn Space, Danny P, Danny W, Eric O, Jackie, Larry, Lisa, Matt, Michelle, Rich, Ryan, Cy, and Zach G, from the year 827 AD. Wow. Anything else? Yes, it looks like the village shamans were Epidemic, Gilbizi, and Reverend. 
The Reverend was a shaman? That's a bit confusing. Oh, and it looks like there are two elders who ruled the tribes together. Cosmic and Ivan. That's incredible. Guys, check this out! And now he draws his name on the wall. I'm fucking done with this expedition. <laughs> Guys! Guys! <laughs> oh, that was awesome. Actually, I have right. a sharpie on me too, so that works. <laughs> it's funny that you actually had one. Um, so, <laughs> anyways, uh, I want to thank all the Patreon uh, patrons for continuing to donate every month to keep us going. I know I always make the sappy at the end, but we appreciate you guys from the bottom of our hearts. To all the new ones that um, have joined us this month, or the ones who have come back, like Michelle, thank you guys so much for. Uh, joining the uh the patreon community we really appreciate it and uh the people who left sorry sad to see you go but hopefully you come back again uh but thank you guys so so much uh also don't forget that every um every monday i'm going to be getting up those patreon polls so don't forget to vote in those uh those are patreon specific so if you donate any kind of money from the one dollar to the uh twenty dollar tier uh please vote in those polls and just thank you guys so much for helping to keep us going and growing and continuing to allow us to live out our dream of talking video games so thank you very much from the bottom of our hearts yeah yeah we want to be growers and showers so you know i'm saying and for, we need to have for realistic that... goals didn't we talk about this it's true. <laughs> well, it's true. Uh, it's been a fun show. Uh, we are in the throes of the <laughs> of the E3 hype, um, and it's been a long night, so let's get the hell out of here. Of course, we have our side podcast, In the Blood, so go check for that in iTunes, and Evoking the Sublime, two side podcasts, me and Shay do. We interview developers and composers in the gaming industry, and of course, patreon.com slash swordchomp. Your support means the world to us. Until next week, Chompcast out. <laughs>